Are we rolling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's sound? How's sound? Beep. All right, guys. All right, one take. All right, mark it. All right, action. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. It's floating pictures, it's so great. Movies, so join us, everybody, for the Film and You Win Show. Well, hell. <laughs> Take two. That's how you start off? Whoa! <laughs> It was, it was horrible immediately. <laughs> well, hello everyone. How's it going? <laughs> That's man, better. It's a little it's bit. Going, yeah, God, man. I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing fine. I think I'm slowly losing my mind. Uh, I don't. It's a day thirty of quarantine now. It's uh. Well, I guess it just depends on which state you're in, because um, <laughs> not mental state, just which actual physical state. Because yeah. some states have uh, started late March. Um, some states are already ready to reopen after like 20 days, but I think we're on like day 35 ish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mid, we're in the mid thirties. So. We're on like 33 for me. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, for all those people just jumping in on our conversation, this is the filming in you, filming you in show. And, uh, oh my God, I, I'm very sharp right now. So, uh, it is do, Max. Do, has, do you have COVID in your brain? <laughs> I don't know anymore, we honestly. We took some psychedelic mushrooms before the show. <laughs> yeah, we drank some of this... Uh, this tea our friend from Sweden gave us. Yellow tea. <laughs> She's like, it has properties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is Max, I think. Uh, with Juliet, of course, Hello. and we are Skyping with our good friend, fellow film enthusiast, Mark. How are you doing, Mark? I'm, I'm doing good, man. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about uh, Midsommar. It was probably one of my favorite movies of 2019 and i felt like it was didn't get the recognition that it deserved yeah i mean i think that's interesting because if we're talking about like the big award shows you're definitely spot on i think this movie was right up there yeah i even remember um janelle monet when she did her opening number at the oscars this year had a bunch of people in costume from kind of snubbed films behind her dancing and midsummer was one of them yeah it's That's funny. amazing yeah it's funny you said this year because it felt like that was three years ago let me ask you a question do you want if you had to watch a movie right now would you rather watch midsummer or the irishman oh god don't get me started with the irishman <laughs> he's uh mark is starting off uh with a bang really striking juliet's nerves uh juliet does not like the irishman I, that movie. I think it was like punishment for her it uh, was but yeah i mean i would definitely watch midsummer over irishman but i will say i really did like the irishman it just uh it's pretty long it took it took me a couple watches to get through the irishman yeah. exactly uh, yeah. yeah but it's also like three and a half right. years but then long, everyone's so. dad watches it like 15 times <laughs> yeah i don't know about your parents mark but my dad uh over the holiday break when the irishman was you know on netflix well, i mean it still is but when it got released he would just randomly watch it at random moments like uh <laughs> and i'd be like what are you doing are you he's serious? like i'm watching some irishman right now starting I'm at minute 45 <laughs> like all right I <laughs> I don't know any other movie that uh you can do that with. 
Jesus. Uh, but uh, shout out to my dad because yeah. I'm sure he's going to listen to this. Uh, Irishman <laughs> was a good film. But yes, I would say on my list of favorite films of the year, Midsummer definitely goes ahead of the Irishman. Yeah. Um, like, I, I mean, like, I... It goes ahead of the Joker for me. Like, yeah, I, I mean that's a little bit tougher for me. Uh, but I, I'm I think it's the a, Joker was bad, but like sure. that's what I'm. I'm just saying, like if if the Joker is going to be nominated for like one of the best m- movies of 2019, like Midsummer has to be right there, if not above. Yeah, I mean, I think with with me with the Joker is I think Joker was a really good movie as well. I definitely feel. You know, 11 Oscar nominations just kind of seems overkill. It seems like, you know, every year with the big award shows, we have our six to eight films that are going to just get nominated for everything, which mm-hmm. it would be nice to see a little bit more variety, which I'd say with Midsommar, I don't oh. know if it's me. What happened there? <laughs> oh, no, that was that was like, a, you know, like when you like you eat like a good bite of food and it's just satisfying. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, this is an audio medium, so you know it's it's given us the sound effects. You know, I like that. Uh, anyways, oh. what, what I was saying though is with Midsummer, for me, it wouldn't be in my top five films of the year, but I think it's still a really good movie, and I think it would be in my top five for production design, yeah, cinematography, costume. I think it's definitely up there in its top yeah. five for me. And Francis Pugh yeah. should have gotten the nomination for that instead yeah. of Little Women, which she was great in. Yeah, I mean, but she was the lead in this. Yeah, I Flor- didn't. I, I didn't watch uh, Little Women. Was it worth it? Yeah, I th- Little yeah. Women was really good. So, um, yeah, you should definitely check it out if you're not I, up to anything I, right now. Yeah, so. I, I, oh, I, my, my schedule's pretty booked. Jam packed. Jam packed. <laughs> you got to add it to your list of movies that you still need. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen the original one with uh, Winona Ryder. Is it better than that one? Well, it's yeah, I think it's better, but uh, I mean, Little Women have been has been told several times. They even had like an animated version of it. An animated one. There was a movie um, in the what? There's an animated version of Little Women. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a TV, like oh yeah. (laughs) So uh, maybe you should start there. I I would say I I think it's better, but it also there's an adaptation to the story that's a little stronger, a little more modernized that I think you would like too. Yeah. So I would definitely I, recommend it. Well, I also like this is kind of maybe like a, a trope in movies, but like that the guy that Winona Ryder hooks up with is like a four and she's a ten. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, you mean the guy she ends up with at the yeah, end? Of spoiler little, alert. Gabriel, but yeah, Gabriel totally. Byrne, right? Isn't it Gabriel I, Byrne? Yes, Byrne? it's Gabriel Byrne. He's a weird looking English you, dude. But you call him a four? I'd I'd go like you know. I'd give him a mid sixes, a, a six, and I would give her more of like an eight. I'm sorry. Well, it's still pretty high though. Wow, that, that, that you've we've said a lot of painful things, but <laughs> you giving Winona Ryder an eight is the most hurtful thing I've heard. Uh, anyways, I guess Wait, why what we're movie are we talking we're about? talking about Little Women. Uh, <laughs> The animated version. The animated—that's <laughs> um, our film focused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What if Little uh, Women had their own Midsummer? How would that go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Claire, Claire, da- Claire Danes dies. Uh, uh, she, well, 
before blessing uh, the crops. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I want to, I, I think we should, you know, if we want to get film focused here, I, I do want to talk. I, I actually saw Midsummer in theaters. Did you guys see it in theaters? Um, no, we, we did not see it in theaters. No, I was scared. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to tell my, uh, my, my screening story because it's, uh, it's pretty unique. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, tell your screening story. Okay, so, uh, we were we live in Austin, Texas, and we're really known for, in terms of the movie scene, for the Alamo Draft House, which is this company that really brings the the theater going experience to another level. Uh, they have a very strict like no talking, no texting policy. They throw you out if you do that. You know, you can get food and drink, which maybe isn't that uh, rare anymore, but uh, they they do really high quality programming, um, and so. I just I, I was excited to watch Midsommar because I was a huge fan of Hereditary, which was Ari Aster's movie that he did before this one. And uh, so I got tickets to go see it and nothing really special was uh, advertised on on the ticket. It was just like Midsommar screening, you know, 720 on Friday. Um, so I we go. And there's there's two people that are hosting the screening and they're all dressed in the Helga gear, like the white overall, like, and they're wearing like flower crowns and stuff. And like, they're all, and like, as we enter the theater, they're all smiling and they're giving it, they're like, would you like some, some mushroom tea? <laughs> and, then, and then, and then, uh, they're like, don't drink it yet. We're all going to drink it together. And then, uh, so like everyone gets seated and like before the screening starts, we all like stood up and like in the movie, like how they cheers each other, where they take the drink and they put it against your shoulder and the other person puts it against your shoulder. Yeah. We all, we all did that. And they're like, all right, it's time to imbibe. And we all drank like this mushroom tea. And <laughs> obviously like this is the first weekend screening. So no one's already seen this movie. Yeah. No one really knows yeah. what this <laughs> what is. This mystery tea. Is. So yeah. Like, uh, Oh yeah. This part. But oh. it was like, you know, like fast. Like, so we were like, okay, we're drinking this tea and doing this weird ceremony. And we've never seen this movie, <laughs> but I just thought it was so hilarious that like, as like you watch the movie, you're like, Oh shit, we drank mushroom tea earlier. <laughs> So, <laughs> like, so I guess what everyone was, wants to know: Were you tripping? Was it real mushroom tea? Oh, or was it, or was it like my lemonade? balls <laughs> off, dude! The, I, I, yeah, like the screen was was getting purple. <laughs> it was breathing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, um, this is this is like one of the reasons that I love the Alamo. Uh, Ari Aster was there at the screening, and he did a Q and A afterwards. And oh, like, that's cool. Nobody even knew that this was happening. They just, right. they just, it was so cool. So we actually got to uh, meet the director afterwards. So that's my my midsummer uh, screening story. No, that's great. And I mean, you know, the three of us live in Austin, so like going to these screenings at Alamo, sometimes you don't know all of a sudden, oh, someone from the movie is going to be right. there. Because I know that uh, Mark and I, we've seen The Room before several times, and Greg Sestero has been there, or yeah. even the, the... We saw The Ten, and David Wayne was... <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so cool. So, Juliet's very first Alamo Drafthouse experience ever, I wanted to show her, hey, they don't play just new movies. They play other ones, and I knew that she liked Wet Hot American Summer, 
So I said, have you seen the 10 yet? Because yeah. I'd love to take you for your first Alamo experience. Little did I know that I was going to really score big points because David <laughs> Wayne was there to talk about the movie. Yeah. And um, <laughs> who else was there? Somebody else was with them. Oh, Zach. Uh, Zach. Uh, Zach Orr. Yeah. Orth? Orr? Uh- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he is he the the cat scan guy? Yes, he's the he's the well, he's not one of the cat scan guys, but he's in that episode. He's giving the tour of the nuclear power plant. Yeah. So he's like, when all the kids are getting sick from the exposure, he's like, if only there was two houses that have all these cat scan machines. Yeah. (laughs) He's also the lawyer for uh, the Ken Marino one, where he's like, it was a goof. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think they tied it in where. he loses the case, and then the judge at the end goes, by the way, you're disbarred. <laughs> and then in another one of the 10 features, uh, or 10 shorts, he is now working at a nuclear power plant because he's no oh longer a lawyer. We've and, gone off on a tangent. Yeah, anyways. No, that's really cool, though, because um, I think seeing that movie and then afterwards, um, I'm assuming after you first saw it, you enjoyed it. Then you get oh, to yeah. right away talk with the guy that created this film. So yeah, I I, I have to admit, I mean, may, I don't know if this is interesting or not, but Ari Aster, he was so humble, and he was you could tell he was nervous. I mean, he's about our age. Um, I think he's like, like early early thirties. Yeah. yeah, and he was so nervous, and he was so quiet and so humble. And at, this is totally going to be a tangent, but but man, maybe no, this isn't. I take that back. This, is this a tangent or is this not a this, tangent? No, no. This is a good... This is a PSA. When you are fucking at a Q&A, don't give me your fucking resume, you know, like Thank when you're ask, you. asking a question. I hate when people like raise their hand and they're like... I hate that. Well, I, I, I'm a server and I've worked four years at this and this is my background and this is why I feel the way I feel and this. And, you know, like, don't give me... Your fucking resume. No one wants to hear that, you talk right that now. That drives me crazy. Also, the ones that are like, hey, man, I, uh, I actually met you at a subway once. Um, and we talked about this. And you said you liked my shirt. Uh, okay. Do you have a question? No, no. I just wanted to see if you remembered me. Yeah. <laughs> what? I- yeah, so th- so keep this in. I know you're gonna edit this. Oh no, I'm keeping this. Oh, oh no, no, this this are... needs to be said. So because <laughs> yeah, whenever right. we're allowed back into theaters, stop doing this. So this is your time right now, everyone, while theaters are closed, to like think about this. Yeah, think about your shit, dude. Um, yeah, we've been a part of those Q and As before, and it is kind of crazy because so many people like raise their hands, and sometimes I would love to ask a question as well. But it feels like after we get three questions deep, it's Dude. almost like I don't want to be one of these people being like. I know I had I had so many questions. I did raise. I never got called on, but the Q and A was a little bit of a bust. But it was still cool to see him. But like, yeah, um, people, people just yeah, ask yeah, yeah. the fucking yeah. question and make sure it's a good one. Ask a good question because, and ask yeah, about yeah, yeah. that movie or or ask something that isn't easily figured out. On yeah. your own. Like, ask something that only the director could weigh in on. Right. Yes. Yeah, and it's I also so many questions. And it's also just asking questions like, what do you think of Austin? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, What's your favorite place to eat? Uh, yeah, yeah. Would you want to get a drink later? <laughs> <laughs> also, this made me really miss going to the Alamo, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? oh my God. We'll, I, we'll, I'm, I, might, I seriously might cry the next time I go into a theater. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a while. Um, uh, we, we can so go on a quick tangent really quick. What's the last movie you have seen in theaters? Oh, um, 
It's been a while. I, yeah, it had. <laughs> I I think it was. Oh man, it's I can't remember. I think it might have been. Uh, it might have been Parasite. That's how long ago it wow. was. Wow. Well, at least it was a good one. Ours was Invisible Man. <laughs> so I, I think we should get into this movie though. You have stuff to say. Oh my God, there's so much to talk about, and I just I don't even really know where to start. Well, let's get into our film focus then. Yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's uh, it's time time to focus. Hey, hey, hocus pocus, it's the film focus. It's an evergreen. Okay, all right, we're focused now. Um, really quick numbers because I want to point this out in midsummer because uh, people like ourselves that enjoy this film, this movie was really made just on a nine million dollar budget. So it wasn't yeah. a big budget film. I mean, nine million dollars is, you know, I make that on that's, a Tuesday. That's small. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, it grossed now over forty six million dollars worldwide. But it's definitely now it's on. We oh. watch this on Amazon Prime. It's uh, it's the you can't that makes make, my, that makes my heart sing that it made forty million dollars. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, almost fifty million. So I mean, it did really well, and uh, the film was definitely very appreciated. You can go to like forums on Reddit. Um, you know, other kind of like, you know, it was very much talked about. Yeah, it's think... been constant, like referred to. It's mm. had a oh. huge fan base. You have a, you midsummer people now. You can midsummer your ex-boyfriend yeah. if you want to. It's a, it's a phrase. <laughs> um, I, I, I which we can talk one, about later if yeah, people should I, be I, saying that. Um, I, I think one, one, one thing that I want to say that, that's kind of interesting way to start this is that if I get, Hey, I'm on the internet right now. I guess I can look it up. But like, I remember looking at, the Rotten Tomato score for this movie, the audi uh the audience score is sixty three percent, and the critic is eighty three percent, which is a huge difference. That's weird. I think the audience score would be higher. I would think it'd be really. It feels high. like a lot of people that watch this like this. I feel like sometimes people just rate things that they haven't seen just bad because That's true. they don't yeah. want to see it. And they just want to get ratings. I mean, that could be true. It is interesting because I know that the critics really enjoyed this film, but I also just felt like there's a huge, like, I mean, this is kind of became an instant cult classic. Like, I mean, it's about cults, but there, there's a cult that likes this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, like, I, I'm looking kind like, like some of the biggest ones, like, like The Last Jedi, that was a huge one. Like, the critics love that movie for some fucking reason. Can I, <laughs> can I swear on this podcast? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that one was like, I don't know why that was a critical darling. Um, I'm guessing it was money. Uh, but but yeah, but like okay, so that's like the twenty percent range. That's I'm looking at other movies here. That's like The Lobster, The Master, Tree of Life, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for some ooh, reason. Ooh. Uh, the Wait, SpongeBob. That's SpongeBob ranked movie. the same level as all of those other movies you just. Well, made. well, well, it had. I'm trying. And when you look at it in terms of like the spread between the critic score and the ah, audience score, gotcha. copy. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Midsummer, though, the it seems like generally the people that did see this movie um, really appreciated and really liked it, and it felt like, uh, you know, you we could get into like the, it is sort of the wicker man in you know yeah. packaged a different way uh but still it felt very fresh and original and we weren't watching it as much a reboot as right. kind of uh yeah i mean so i think overall midsummer was a very successful film for just also giving us a you know it's like watching a new piece of art yeah it was i think i i read that um Ari Aster wrote it 
kind of following a, a breakup or during the process of the of a breakup of a relationship. So it had uh, his own personal twist to it and his own demons that he was kind of working out. But yeah, I do agree that it, the themes of Wicker Man are definitely in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think what's interesting is when I first saw trailers for this movie, I will admit that I was not interested. Uh, personally, it's just a taste thing. I don't like to feel... Uh, weird and eerie during most of the films you know i kind of drift towards more comedy you know drama and i definitely prejudged this movie because the trailer just made me feel like i'm gonna feel uh kind of like similar to a movie like antichrist or something i'm just gonna feel uncomfortable most of the time Mm -hmm. um but i will say finally when we watched it not that bad um i kind of had it built up in my head i guess as far as that that. that's why you're soft max (laughs) hey I, I am not making excuses for myself. There, there is some imagery in this film, to say the least. Uh, but I was, based on the trailer, I was expecting, yeah. like... I was expecting to be a lot uh, They're not going to give you a break. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so uh, uh, I think maybe we could maybe start with the characters here. Um, I'd love to, we have, yeah. Uh, we, so, the main character is Danny. Uh, she has a bipolar sister who um, she has to deal with on a constant basis and she has her own sort of mental issues because she's seen a therapist like she's on medication she's taken out of van like it's candy yeah and her boyfriend is christian who's a, a phd anthropology major sort of i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> It he doesn't seem like a phd student no that i mean yeah that confused me because th- yeah. <laughs> so a lot of a lot happens before we actually get her credits. So there's a big, um, you know, there's an opening painting that basically shows the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I say we just like hold off on that because there's a lot of paintings in that movie. <laughs> so the, I would like to just talk about that on a separate Love a point. painting segment later. But yeah. we get to know, which is cool because it takes us right into the action that Danny has a sister, Terry, that has said something really dark. Um, yeah. Everything's dark now. I'm taking mom and dad with me. Goodbye. So she's. This has been an issue for her for a while. Right. And yeah. what's interesting is, is that she, her first response after sending Terry some messages, uh, her sister, is to call her boyfriend. Yeah. Who, I'm going to, you know, make fun of this film here and there, but it's still <laughs> overall a really good movie. I want to just. How dare you? How okay. dare you? I, the thing with her boyfriend is, is that. I think I do want to talk about this actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but I want let's just talk about pre-credits boyfriend. There is two moments here for me where one, I kind of understand him where he's coming from because we're led to believe that she possibly just calls him whenever non- anything happens. Nonstop. But at the same time, the writing for me kind of goes out of its way to just be like, he's such a, a loser bro, where he answers the phone and says, Hey, what's up? Not much. Just smoke some resin, eating some pizza with Mark. And I was like, wow, like who the fuck ever says that on the phone? <laughs> hey, I just smoked some resin. Oh, that's so dope, bro. Um, and it just felt like for me, the movie's like, yeah, he's just kind of a he's, he's, a boyfriend that doesn't really pay attention, like just smokes some weed yeah. and just eats pizza, doesn't care because her sister's in torment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, I just love how that's what the first thing he says on the phone. Just smoke <laughs> some resin, eating some pizza. I just, uh, I don't know. I just feel... Here's my question. It is... Uh... Is Christian a good guy or not? He forgets her birthday. Right. Uh, he do- he doesn't tell her about Sweden. Like yeah, that's true. And uh, 
And he's like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about it. But then he already bought a plane ticket. Well, okay. Here's the thing. They were in the process of sort of splitting up. Is that well, mm-hmm. kind I mean, of true? So their relationship is definitely on the brink of ending. Um, yeah. It, things have been kind of hard. And it, it seems that uh, Danny's, you know, family drama with her, you know, with her sister has been very taken a toll on Danny. And yeah. it seems like already together, like this isn't her soulmate, even though they've been together. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's one of those like we've been together four years Ugh, yeah. Fine. Let's just <laughs> um, keep this yeah. going, I they guess. Had... And and let I I I'm sorry. I'm gonna back Christian up on the birthday thing because he was on a lot of drugs and they just traveled to Sweden. Um. So days were kind of screwed up. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably should have like realized it was her her birthday that trip prior to even planning the trip to Sweden been like yeah. oh I maybe can't go to Sweden because it's my girlfriend's birthday let me run it by her first but yeah. I can't get mad at him for forgetting it on the day because I I forget things a lot and I'm not even on mushrooms yeah. and yeah 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 and, yeah. and, and <laughs> or jet lag and the first your original question is is he a good person was that what you asked instead of good boyfriend well, well he has an unfortunate fate and I've just well, I'm I just curious like, what the question was, is because we can talk about the boyfriend part, but just overall as a person, though. I think he's a d bag as a person, but he's just a normal boyfriend. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa! All right, I got it. Nor- Mark, Mark, can I quarantine with you? Uh, <laughs> anyways, I think overall there's a lot of moments with him that he's just not a really good person. Um, now we can argue later of does he still deserve the ending? Um, my short answer is <laughs> not really. To get <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, you see even the part that he's kind of a shitty friend as well. Uh, we get to know his friends in this pizza scene as well, and he has kind of two. Po- well, he has three friends, right? And mm-hmm. we know that Pele is the, I guess, a foreign exchange student from Sweden that is telling them to come to this festival. Uh, we have Josh. Played by Chidi, Chidi from The Good Place. Chidi Aragonye. Um, have you seen The Good Place? No, I haven't. You should check it it's out. It's a because, lovely little watch. Uh, William Jackson Harper. So he plays a character Chidi on The Good Place. So it was pretty funny watching this because I couldn't help but just be he like, can't not be Chidi. Oh, uh, what's Chidi doing? Yeah. Oh, man. And Chidi, yeah. uh, the character of Chidi is an ethics professor. So you, and he is just like the heart of that show. Yeah. Kind of like just a really special character. So. In our mind, watching this for the first time after having seen that entire series, Josh is just such a magical, sweet, lovely character. So it makes everything that happens to him like yeah. a little harder for us. And oh, so when oh, I see when saying. Christian yeah. is a little d bag and takes his thesis, and he's like, "I'm going to do this too," it that made me more angry than anything he ever did to Danny. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I was pissed. Yeah. That, that... <laughs> <laughs> That's the most disturbing part of this movie for me. Yes. Well, Don't take his thesis that he's been working on this whole time. Yeah. You said the most gruesome thing that he did, really. Um, <laughs> besides a, a, another scene, but also yeah. we'll talk Whatever. about that scene later. That wasn't even that well, bad. So, well, we we, 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 we got to talk about Mark, too. Yeah, we, we got to bring up Mark as <laughs> well. well. That's played by Will Poulter. Uh, we are the Millers, uh, also in the Bandersnatch. Yeah, Black Mirror's Bandersnatch. Um, yeah. So Detroit. he's he's got these friends, right? And you know, Pele's just obviously we know what Pele's actual goal is is to get them 
to Sweden to be sacrificed. But at the time, he's just a nice Swedish guy. Just think of how many maids you'll nope. impregnate. Well, no, we're not, okay, we're not, not doing accents. We're not doing accents, sorry. Um, <laughs> but we have kind of the opposite where Christian is upset because he's a little overwhelmed with he doesn't really know what to say to Danny anymore. And, you know, there's uh, there's you know, this moment where it feels like they've had this conversation several times. Um, when he gets off the yeah. phone, he has his character, Mark, who is just like, dude, break up with that chick. This is like abuse, you know, which is like, okay, well, that's <laughs> that's kind of extreme. Uh, but then we have Josh on the other end that's saying, like, don't you think this maybe you're just using this to distract yourself from your thesis? Where it's kind yeah. of, uh, you know, he, we, we, we know a lot about the character right there that he's been complaining about his relationship been thinking about getting out of it because he's maybe just not invested in it anymore but also uh-huh. we find out that he's also not invested in anything he's studying as well and uh, i think that's probably skipping forward why the thesis stealing is just like yeah. the most ridiculous thing he really does because it's like what like it's unacceptable <laughs> um but we know that he's just he's just kind of a it's not like he's like evil, evil. Like he's like trying to well, yeah. murder anybody, but he's just kind of a plain dude. Yeah. I feel like bro he's the guy that smokes who, resin with his. Yeah, friends. I feel like he's the guy whose parents paid for college, and he was like, "I guess I'll go to graduate school." And they're like, "All right, yeah. we'll pay for that too." Like he's never Christian's never needed anything, and he's yeah. got you know a good looking girlfriend who's you know a, l- a little weird. Um, They've been yeah. together for four years. He's just kind of complacent in life. But then he's got Mark, who's like, dude, fuck that girl. Come on, let's party. Mark just wants them to be single so they can be single together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I totally, I, I, I can, I feel like it's understandable that if you were in a relationship with somebody whose parents and sister just died, and before that it was just drama, dealing with it like that would weigh heavy like because you have to absorb that trauma by proxy yeah like being in that relationship so my i do have some sympathy for him but man it's 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 a little rough <laughs> when like you know like the, they go to the, they go to sweden must be like a couple weeks after all this happened it felt like six months almost. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really tell because there like wasn't there was a... Time. It felt like some time passed, but probably not enough time to be fully recovered to want to go to the Sweden thing. Yeah, I, I mean, think, girlfriend's yeah. still in sweatpants and a t-shirt, like a dirty t-shirt. In, and in also, life. remember, you know, he's a shitty friend as well as a shitty boyfriend. Yeah. So I think he's just kind of... He's not like... I don't... You know, like. He's this guy that, yeah, like we said, like we can understand why he would have some angst in the relationship because it's always been dominated by the sister yeah. and the issues that are going on. Like anyone can really predict that this murder oh, yeah. suicide's it, coming around the corner, seemed- you know. Uh, also, they say that uh, they're not having sex because during that like pizza scene, yeah, like, that's right. Like, you, you you need to you need to actually like stop sitting on the fence. You've been trying to get out of this. He's like, well, what if I regret it? Well. Well, you'll go to Sweden and you'll like actually find someone that like is interested in having some girls. sex. They used impregnate a lot. There was a little foreshadowing there. <laughs> they said impregnate uh, twice during that scene. Yeah. No, I think. Oh, yeah, you, they I, did. I didn't pick up on that. That's <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, because that's another thing. Uh, I don't, you know, I want to stick with the boyfriend, but that's another thing in this movie where it's it's really clever foreshadowing. But it's funny, like who really says that? Like 
See, you could be impregnating well, that girl I mean, girl that right goes now. along with resin, too. Uh, like, who calls yeah, it yeah, resin? Yeah. You'd be saying, like, having sex with her. Yeah. And it's actually funny. Pele says in the trailer, just think of all the pretty Swedish women you'll get with. But in the movie, he it's says, impregnate. think of all the pretty su- Swedish women that you'll impregnate. Yeah. And they both said impregnate. And it's it's obvious foreshadowing. Just like him saying resin. That's, you know, you nobody says fucking resin. And um, I think the the other thing is to think about with Christian is it seemed like he was just almost about to break up with her. But you can't break up with a girl whose entire family just died. Yeah. Like, what kind of person are you when she's already codependent on just having you? Did that like even if you he was he was probably going to break up with her the next day. So you have to have some sort of sympathy for Christian. I'm gonna. Yeah, there's yeah, gonna yeah. be a bunch of women outside with, and with torches for me. No, I mean I think what's fascinating to go along with what you're saying is that it's not so simple that some people I feel took away from this movie yeah. of he sucks, she's the best. You know, you're not giving the movie enough credit where right. he was complex, even though overall I would not be friends with this guy. Um, but there is, was some complexity to the character and the situation because he can't break up with her now and he does support her, but he's also very, a detached person in general. So I thought that was kind of interesting because it felt like all the pre Sweden stuff in like, I mean, the horrible traumatic thing happens, but all the pre stuff felt very real as far as the relationship goes, um, (laughs) as far as like having a struggle you know i i, I love that as a script writing term pre-stuff <laughs> <laughs> we're still doing a master class later if you want to be a yeah. part of it yeah. act, act, act one pre-stuff pre-stuff <laughs> <laughs> what are you working on right now a uh, bunch of pre-shit before my real shit so uh and then what do you got some post shit so, uh yeah but After I guess, stuff. Uh, all right. If anyone wants to tune in, I will be breaking down most movies and be like, "Well, this is pre shit. Uh, this is <laughs> this is this is uh, the, the the stuff, and then here's the post stuff." Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think once we get dived into more of Sweden and and what happens to Christian, we can well, kind of come uh, back to this relationship. Yeah, uh, Let's uh, talk uh, about uh, the craziest I, thing that happens in the movie that I was not expecting at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. The murder-suicide. The, the murder-suicide. Um, pretty intense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly... Beautiful. It was so good. Well, this movie is just... Everything's yeah. really shot well in this movie. But I would say going into this film, for me, I'm more concerned about what I'm going to see during the sacrifices and uh, yeah, the imagery yeah. there. I was not expecting this opening to be yeah. more of like the... That that shot of her sister with the hose duct taped to her mouth Ooh, was yeah. so chilling, and then they had the vomit coming from. Yeah. It's just like for it was, me it that very burned real. in my head. Yes. Oh yeah. It like someone did their research. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also, of course, what's great about this movie overall too is all the tiny details that uh, all kind of connect. Because when she calls Christian. She's just like pain screaming yeah. on the phone, and it's She's so fucking I, good. I have I have goosebumps. Yeah, and then it, of course, uh, before we get to our credits, um, we see her holding uh, him, holding her on the couch, and just even more screaming. And it's interesting how that connects to the very the the, the iconic screaming moment towards the end of this film, right? Uh, you know, um, 
there's all those little things and those little details that were really fun. There's with little the movie. pieces. There's the fact that the the hose that she used is yellow, so you've got this yellow running throughout the whole house, which is the color of the triangle hut where they're all killed in the end, and also is symbolizing the fire as it's going as in a line throughout this entire the huh. the hay hut. Like it, it's beautiful how hey, it's all I, done, but it's really fascinating on a rewatch to kind of watch that whole scene again and really connect it with, with what you saw at the end. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. That's I, I like that. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if there's anything else to add, but like, it was just, I was not expecting, you know, I, I, this kind of imagery to begin the movie. I, I thought, I thought it was all going to be about the festival. I, that's really going to be, you know, movies I like know. this usually don't give you this. And mm-hmm. then they go to the gruesome stuff. It's usually it's, kind of fluffy stuff. And then we go, it's pre shit. And then it's, I love, I love how I, I, I think it's so masterfully done, how the pace of it and how it's cut, like, the, like to go to, to that, to go to that murder suicide to cut forward in time to the party and then one of my favorite uh cuts in time is when they all gather together and like they're like oh um Danny's actually coming on this trip with us and then you know it's uh everyone's like wait you didn't tell us about this and then Pele uh has like a you know like Pele has like a moment with her where it's like, hey, I, I think it's really good that you're coming, and I, I think you're gonna re- really love it. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to say that I'm really sorry about what happened to your parents. Same thing happened to my family. And then like she starts having a panic attack, mm-hmm. and then she runs to the bathroom, and they jump cut to her having a panic attack on the airplane. So good. It was so good. Yeah, it's a really fantastic transition. And that's what this movie is really good at is transitioning, I feel, uh, overall. Uh, But I think also in that moment, too, that's when it shows maybe not enough time has passed because she's still mourning this horrible thing that happened because just bringing it up. And I think that that's uh, that's also kind of how she's dealing with a lot of things because it seems like every time she – she doesn't want to seem like the needy girlfriend when he forgets her birthday. She says, Oh no, it's my fault. It's my fault. Um, that every, every single thing she does, she's kind of making excuses for every negative thing that Christian does or that happens. And I think that she hasn't kind of gone through everything she needs to, to get through this trauma because she's just like, no, okay. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. You want to, Oh, we'll wait to do the drugs. Fine, fine, fine. We'll wait to do drugs. No, 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 it's fine. I'll do them right now. That's fine. Whatever you want to do, let's do it. And that's, that's been her getting through this trauma where it's, Okay, fine. Okay, well, I'll stop talking yeah. about my sister right now. Yeah, like the that one moment that's so painful to me is, you know, after they come back from that party and she finds out that Christian has already bought a ticket to Sweden, and she was like, "Well, that was that was weird. Like, what yeah. if I just like decided to go to China for three months and you just figured that out?" And then, and then he he's feeling attacked, but she does it. I mean, I feel like she's not really has her claws out. She's like, that was weird. What, what's up with that? And then he's like, oh, well, I guess I should just leave. And then he's like, and then, and then she goes into that same behavior that you're talking about, Juliet, where where she's like, no, no, no. I just wanted to talk about this. Like, just let's just sit down. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
It's the I'm sorry's. You always have to do the I'm sorry's. Oh, I just wanted to punch him in that scene. I know, but then again, it's still like, is it his fault? And that's what gets in your head. You you always want to apologize for something that they sort of did, but did they? Because then you don't know if it was them. Like, did he forget my birthday because he's an asshole? Or maybe should I have mentioned, hey, that's the week of yeah. my birthday when we booked the fucking tickets? Yeah, and, right. and I think also... The scene before they go to the party when um, our credits are done, it kind of, you know, you can see that Christian has been kind of just staying by her side. Uh, that's what we're led to believe because he goes and checks on her and says, well, I think I was going to go to party with the guys. And I thought that was like a really effective real moment to show that they're saying a lot by not fully communicating with each other. Because mm-hmm. even in that was like, well, I didn't think you'd want to come to this party. Right. She goes, oh, no, I'll go. I'll go. I so also, it's kind of a back and forth between both of them of like, they just should be broken up. I don't understand. Yes, because they, they should have broken up before her whole family died. But you can't really do that after that. I also want to mention that she had a friend that she was on the phone with at the beginning of the yeah. movie before all this Good happened. Point. Where the fuck are her girlfriends? Especially uh, the one that she was talking the to. One that she, yeah. that she has one friend. Let's just say the girl has one girlfriend. And it was someone that she was talking to that obviously knew enough about her boyfriend and about her going to therapy that she mm-hmm. was like, hey, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Where where was that girl during this whole process? She just kind of disappeared. Now, was did she disappear because Danny kind of pushed her away so she could focus on I need to be with Christian right now or what? I don't, I don't know, but I... I do, I do remember her kind of, the conversation that they had kind of talks to what you were talking about of just like, I was like, I, do I, am I overwhelming him? Like I, yes. I, I always, right. I, I, I always, I always like lo- load my baggage on him all the time. And then she's like, you should dump this guy if he can't handle it. Like that's his job to be your supporter during times of trauma. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it is interesting, like, well, what happened to that friend? Mm-hmm. But I think it's basically what it, what I was taking away from it is if her sister doesn't if her sister doesn't do what she did in that moment, they're probably broken up like by the evening. But it takes right. this big dramatic yes. thing that like, OK, now we'll stick together. So what I, I, I wanted to maybe ask a new question, something that I was thinking about kind of at this point during the movie is what were they expecting on, on this trip? You know, because, <laughs> because, because sorry, we talked about this I, a little bit yesterday. So this is a great question to ask. Cause so they're like, are we, we're going to go to the like meatball sex clubs in Sweden. Like, you know, like, dude, they're, and they're like, Oh, you're bringing a chick. This is going to ruin this. Is, is it? Okay. So, um, and I'll let Juliet add what she said yesterday because it made me uh, laugh because it's a good point. Oh, that's putting me on the spot because I don't remember what I said. Well, I'll, I'll help you out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, babe. Um, so anyways. Uh, so Guys need to break up. So, so, so Josh makes sense because Josh yeah. is very committed to his thesis. Yes. Right. Christian, I guess, makes sense because of his association and he also is PhD and he probably thinks like, oh, well, I need to take a break from Danny, whatever. Like, But then when you go into the Mark character, that's when what you said yesterday during the movie, Juliet, what does he think? This is Coachella? Right. Like, <laughs> And I laughed so hard in that moment because there is nothing and I guarantee nothing in this movie that suggests why Mark is with them. 
They're like, oh, right. I'd love to go to this spiritual festival. Yeah, this sounds great. He no, can he take mushrooms whenever he wants. You know, I guess it's just yeah, kind yeah. of a. Yeah, it was really strange because they're not going to like this crazy Burning Man festival, but they kind of yeah. all act like they're going to Burning Man. I I love I love uh one of one of my favorite Mark lines is when they finally enter Helga and. There, there's like the flutes are playing and everyone's like wearing white holding hands and dancing through the fields and you know they give them like ceremonial like strawberries and stuff and mark they walk into that kind of like arch that's like sun rays and they go through it and and mark's like oh are we stopping in waco first yeah oh yeah i did real I, yeah okay he does say that at the beginning and yeah, he's also he's hitting like, his vape pen too a lot. Yeah, a lot of vaping. But that, but that's my point. Like, it's like they had no fucking clue what they were in store for. Besides, <laughs> besides Josh, though, because Josh, besides Josh, like Josh he, knew he was going to something for which he would want to write a thesis on already. Yeah, and Christian yeah. just kind of went, "Oh, I guess I'm gonna no, do no. this thesis too." And uh, Danny just wanted to get away, but I mean, Mark wanted to get laid. Yeah. It is interesting of, like, what were you really expecting? Now, granted, no right. one was going to expect that, oh, we're here to get sacrificed. Like, yeah, obviously you're well, not going to expect that. that. Well, that's not 100% true, though, because uh, I, I forgot. It's some Swedish name. Um, they're like, well, day one, the ceremony begins, and they say some Swedish term. And then and then uh, Pele says, uh, yeah, we're going to do the, the sacrifice in Swedish. And then Josh like is like what a real one, and then oh yeah, and that's then, true uh, yeah. And then and Christian like turns is like, what is he talking about? And then and, Danny and, says, and, is it scary? Yeah, yeah, and he just he gives him like just a glance. Well, and a know? smile, which was kind of weird and, too. And, like and, hell and yeah, a, and just... a smile, and then and Christian's like that's so annoying. So he he knew what that meant. I guess I, so. Yes, he knew. Oh, like, I mean, I felt like when I rewatched it yesterday that he felt like he knew. Who's he? A Josh. Okay. That Josh knew to the extent of what they were going to see, but he still screams when the person falls off the cliff. Yes. So I don't think maybe they're expecting Okay, like I have a theory that. about this because if we had a lovely Swedish friend that was like, guys, let's go. It'll be super fun. There'll be babes to impregnate. It'll be fun. Let's go. Oh, you brought your girlfriend? All right, whatever. She's lovely. Let's bring her. All of this stuff, we wouldn't, we would think that sacrifice is tongue in cheek. We would think like, oh, sacrifice, you know, blah, blah. We would never in our brains think that someone was going to die for what right. we're doing. Because it's 2020. We wouldn't go in that direction. Or you think it would be like a goat or something. Or or it would just be like a, a symbolistic sacrifice, like sacrificial virgin, which just means we divirginize her. Like you would go into the <laughs> frat shit. boy Whoa. mentality. <laughs> Uh, willing you would go in a, a frat boy mentality of like oh we call it a sacrifice but really it's just this girl getting laid like you would you wouldn't think that someone was getting murdered i guess yeah. and i guess to sum this up too is it seems that josh was at least hip to what he's getting into whereas danny christian and mark but danny just tagged along but like those yeah. two were stoked to go right and didn't really understand anything of what they're Mark be a is part up of. for anything. Um, Cheedy did his research beforehand and was like, "Oh, this is the the Cheedy. history of what it would have been," and and was like, "Oh, but in no way 
would that still be going on in such archaic measures? I think yeah. that's what happened. We would never imagine that. I mean, fuck, we would never have imagined that we would be quarantined like we are because this feels very archaic to be stuck at home. Granted, we have yeah. internet and microphones and Skype and all that fun right, stuff. Right. But, you know, you don't imagine, you don't fathom that this kind of stuff is still happening. And that's why they go in kind of a little more blind than I think a normal person would. I'm a little more type A. I'd want to know our schedule. So I'd be like, uh-huh. and and what time are we throwing the old people off the off the cliff? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's the schedule? What's the call sheet for today? Yeah, nine a.m. Uh, approach cliff. Ten a.m. first jump. I, what one thing I noticed on my on my second viewing of this movie is cu- during those opening c- scenes where they arrive and you know like with the mushroom trip and when they first enter Helga that there's other people in street clothes that are never addressed <laughs> well i think you know that I mean? those were other people that were brought right okay yeah 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 that's what i'm saying like that but that you're not you we never see them. them again no i i absolutely want to talk about this because i had that on my list for later for uh plot holes but mm-hmm. yeah that is a major flaw in this movie because it's one wow. that maybe they don't all get sacrificed but there's a lot of people entering right. now i know that um it has been defended before that those are other people similar to Pele and. Uh, oh, that's a good point. But I didn't think about that. I still think, though, some of it's a little off because here's two things. One, it looks like there's people like them traveling with backpacks and stuff accompanied with uh, a person in the traditional um, attire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it definitely looks like more people have brought people in to get sacrificed. I can, you know, buy that. All right, well, then it's some of them just came back into town and they're wearing their normal street clothes still. But the other part about it is at the very end, skipping to the very end of the movie where they do this lottery ball style thing. Yeah. They, they bring up, so who's Pele brother? It's Ingarn Moore. I don't know. Um, His brother who we meet, Simon and um, Connie. Con- Connie, yeah. So he brought those two. So they, they make knowledge of that. But they also acknowledge some other people have brought uh, new In- new Ingenmar. So they acknowledged that other people had brought people. So I just thought it was interesting that we're really, after the opening scene, basically everything in the opening, because you see people like, you know, cheersing and stuff. Once we get to the cliff sacrifice, it's really Connie, Simon. Yeah. And then Mark, Christian, Josh. So it doesn't destroy the movie for me, but I kind of thought like, oh, it's interesting. They're bringing a lot of people to get sacrificed. Yeah, my, my question is, do you remember seeing all of those plainclothes people during the old people falling off no. the cliff? So There's... here's my theory on it is they brought a bunch of people like ever all of these these youngers, these these guys like Pele and Ingemar bring, you know, two plus people with them to potentially fill these roles of sacrifice and may queen and all of those things. And then prior to the first step of the sacrifice of the ritual, they send them home or kill them. I don't know. Cause all the ones that we met all were part of the ritual, you know, yeah. we've got people strung up. What, we've got people well, buried. What? We've got the clown. Did, did did they ever the I, fool. Did, did we ever find out what happened to Connie though? Well, she was drowned. Yeah, so I looked it up. 
uh, with Connie, oh, okay. we don't find out what happened, but I looked it up on Reddit uh, because I had some, you know, some kind of curious what Nobody other people are saying. Nobody asked good Q&A questions. So I guess there's a scene with Mark uh, before basically their last dinner together. And then Mark goes off to die off camera and Josh goes, you know, you know, before Whatever. that moment, uh, Mark is standing by the yellow temple um, or the yellow house. Um and you hear screaming in the distance. And the scene before that is when Connie... Oh, oh yeah. They talk about her running or something. Yeah. And then Connie is talking to Danny of like, Simon just left. And they're like, oh, we'll, we'll send another car it's for fine. you. He left because uh, we didn't have enough room and we follow rules, traffic laws. So we could only yeah. send him in the trailer. And then we're coming back and we're going to take you. And then what I found out on Reddit is that a lot of... Which is scary about this movie though is a lot of the sacrifices are real like based on real sacrifices from pagan cults um and there is one sacrifice that it's by drowning Mm -hmm. and i that's the assumption with connie that she basically like everyone else died off camera and it seems like her sacrifice was like a ritual drowning because she is like soaking wet yeah when they're she's um, she's the the one in the real barrel kind of going towards in that last scene and I feel dumb. That was obviously the answer. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's uh, we don't know what really happens at all then because it's just so let off camera. But that's so brilliant about this movie, and that's and that's the kind of style of a movie like this, which is why it becomes something that's a cult classic. Uh-huh. And so brilliant is the the <laughs> amount of things that you have to research off camera to really know if you care enough, you're gonna look that up. You're gonna understand yeah. what the 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 spread lungs, whatever it was called. What was it called? Like the blood the blood eagle. Where Simon, like, eagle, that was yeah. Simon. He was the His bloody eagle lungs at the were end. His, made into wings. Yeah, like that. That's the kind of thing where you know you're you're experiencing all of this. Like, there's the obvious ones, like oh, the fool, because Mark's got weird eyebrows and, and which he was goofy the whole time. Also, oh, one thing that I uh, picked up on my second viewing of this, ah, uh, it's so so funny. Like when they're all hanging out and like having some beers, like. Kind of early when they they arrived there, they're like, "What are those kids playing?" Oh, they're playing Skin the Fool. Yeah, yeah. And, and then that's what literally happens to Mark. He gets skinned, and they put a jester hat on him in the end. And absolutely, and also he's the one that asks about the game, and then says, "Well, we'll have to show you." And then when he gets taken away, she says, "I want to show you something." So that's when people are kind of like, "Oh, well, he's gonna get that's shown why this." This is one of those movies that's just like. So rewatchable because it becomes a different movie when you watch it again. I've said that many times yeah. about Get Out. You watch Get Out the first time and you love that movie. You watch it again, and you're like, this is an amazing comedy as well. Like, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that kind of happens with Midsummer. Is you watched it the first time and you're like, oh, that's dark, that's fucked, that's awesome. You watch it a second time, you're like, well, that was kind of funny that that happened. Yeah. Like, so, and that's I think that's a testament to a really good movie. Hell yeah. So before. Um, before we get in to the overall, um, I guess like before we get into like all the kind of falling action for all our characters, the um, post stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all that stuff. Um, I thought it was interesting cause there was these moments where everything is just kind of very happy. And, um, for me, what I really enjoyed the most was the music. So I want to kind of because the score is very unique and pleasant. Um, And I love how it gets blended 
that it's actually playing like live, like on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's it's the transitions are great, and I you brought it up earlier, but I love the opening where we have this really it's almost like a a really good contrast because we know we're entering a beautiful place, but also a scary place, and I think the music definitely hits on both of those levels of it. It's very delightful but it almost kind of has like an eerie feel and then when it switches over then you see people playing the flutes i I thought that was really fun um also skipping ahead like the may queen um scene like the music's like performed live during the scene and then we see it in shots I, i just thought the music really was a huge success in this film totally the 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 sacrifice scene where they have like the you know like kind of what you're saying like it's it's very pleasant, but it's weird, and so, yeah. So it's it's um. But when they get to the sacrifice scene, it's 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 the music is a it's like a horn drone, just kind of. So it's neutral. It's not happy, and it's not and it's not sad. But the moment that uh the the victim, like he cuts his hands, and mm-hmm. the the moment he puts the blood on the rune it turns into dark music. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, cause the just, music, uh, the transition too was when they're at the table and we don't really know exactly what's going on and why these two people are at the head of the table. Um, we see that like, it's kind of like the music is different. It feels a little bit more like happy when they're picked up on their chairs. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like you said, like it's like all of a sudden, okay, now, now shit's, gonna change like this movie is gonna change for you right now because they start cutting their hands and uh it's so effective because i think music can be so underrated in movies of how it can teach you how to feel and make you feel and i think this movie awesome (laughs) this movie awesome i just uh (laughs) i just smoke i just smoke some smoke some res and listen to this movie um Do, do do you think uh do you think mark gets laid yeah, but like no, no, I no? think he does. I think he does because I think he he preys upon the ones that are like just that level of drunk where they're like, oh my god, he's totally funny, and they'll go home with him. <laughs> well, because well, like part of, part of the premise of the festival is like, well, we don't we if we just kept sleeping with each other, this would just be a bit big inbred colony. So we bring in foreigners that get approved to uh, to have sex with our 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 people which they said to christian yeah which is which obviously which obviously happens to christian Mm -hmm. but yeah but there's a girl that's flirting with mark and and he's like oh man i want to give her a bath (laughs) i know (laughs) that line man um (laughs) so good uh, um yeah so possibly mark did hook up but like you know josh there was no interest in breeding with him um i I mean i don't know if that's that's a i don't know if that's a race issue but then also Pele's brother brings a couple that are together. And there was an interesting thing that, you know, Ingram was trying to date Connie. And then now Connie's engaged to Simon. Yeah, I feel like Ingram, is it Ingram? We're calling him like Laura Ingram right now. And I don't think that was his name. It's like Ingra or something like that. Ingramar. 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 I think he, um, he had a vendetta. And that's why he brought the pair that he did. Oh, um, that's right. Because he he originally said like, yeah, we we went on a date, but now they're together. And then, that's great. And then yeah, she went with him, and it, they're engaged. And what does great. Connie say too? Like, I wouldn't call it a date. Yeah. So Connie kind of yeah. goes, I wouldn't call it a date. Like, kind of a 
like a really kind of simple little quip. Like I wouldn't call what we did a yeah. date. And also, uh, uh, obviously Pele has a thing for Danny. He does, but I also couldn't tell if he had a thing for Danny in a May Queen way. In a, I think that I've found the winner. Because of the pride that he had yeah. in that she was the May Queen. I don't think it was a romantic feeling for her. I think it was well, pride well, okay. in what he's brought oh. to his comedy. Well, I, well, Your Honor, if I might bring some evidence to the table. Ooh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought you okay. called her Yana. I did too. I like, Who's Yana? Yana? I did. Is that Max's <laughs> other girlfriend? Yana. Yana. Uh, so, a couple things. Um, Pele draws a sketch of her for her birthday for Which her birthday wasn't that good but what, she was what, super uh, impressed that was pretty good it didn't look it's like a, it it, <laughs> it was it was it's a nice gesture especially when your boyfriend fucking forgets your birthday that's that this is true and 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 they had that scene where oh okay there's a lot of things to talk about well the, the, <laughs> they had that scene where he's like after the sacrifice and she's like having a panic attack and then he's like i'm i'm so glad you came because when I oh okay, there's so many things to talk about, but but uh, Pele says like my parents died in a fire, yeah, which I which I assume means that they were sacrificed in in the fire that happens in the temple at the end. Yeah, so let's I want to save that wait, wait, part. Wait, hold, let's talk on, about the Pele Danny part though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the reason why I thought you would appreciate this is that I became an orphan, but I never got lost because I was embraced by a real family and i felt held and i had a home and like and then he holds her hand and starts rubbing it rubbing her hand with his thumb and he's like hey christian could walk in any time now don't do that and he's like he's like that's who i'm talking about does he feel like home to you do you feel held by him and that was a great line that really was um because i think that's in the moment where uh, things are turning where I think Pele sees, despite his friends, but sees her potential that she can be one of them. Um, she's another lost soul. Yeah, so see, I, think, I don't think of it in a romantic way. I think that they want you to think of it in a romantic way and then realize yeah. at the end that this wasn't romantic. This was all about the pride of getting the May Queen and he could sense I that think she it, could be a part I, of it. I do think it turns romantic though. I think when he's excited well, when he they're doesn't ba- want to fuck the May Queen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> That's... One of the questions I, this is the question that I did want to ask. But uh, it's the question you're uh, going to uh, ask. Uh, Ari, I wanted to ask Ari this because I was kind of confused. Oh, gotcha. Well, we've got uh, him right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's but like when they first arrive, the kind of matronly elder, she says, like, we have this feast every 90 years. And and I was like, wait, does this only happen every 90 years? But at the same time, they like when they're talking back in the apartment, it's like, oh, you want to see pictures? Here's last year's May Queen. So he had like pictures on his phone. So I'm like, wait, does this happen every year or does the sacrifice happen every 90 years? Well, Mark, you're in luck. So I, I was I was I was saving this for like towards the end, but I'd love to talk about this because I had the same we both have the same questions about this because there's a lot of stuff that has holes in it. So I did look this up and uh Ariaster himself is that Ariaster? Ari. Ari. Ariaster. Ariaster. And, it, and, um, and by the way, it's midsummer. You keep saying midsummer. Well, because I'm from Wisconsin. So Yeah, he also said pagan ritual. Oh, it's a pagan ritual. Uh, anyways. <laughs> 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 um, 
He did answer this question, though, um, for a, another website. I don't have the website on. But I, his answer was to this question is that this, the last ritual, the burning of the house, happens every 90 years. But the rest uh, of this festival is an annual summer thing that they do. Okay. Um, but here is my issue. I do agree that when Pele does say to Danny, my parents also burn in the fire. That leads us to believe that his parents were sacrificed in this fire. Right. That's right. exactly. That's why I wanted to talk about. But the issue is, is that how does that work if this happens every 90 years with Pele's age? And also the answer that we got about that. Well, the last sacrifice happens every 90 years. It's very confusing how that would work. And what like do they sacrifice? Do they do the cliff sacrifice every year? And they only burn the house every 90 years. It's kind of still murky with all that. And Is I think the it's... ritual just impregnating ritual? Well, I think like that happens annual. Like they bring outsiders in and they get their seed to keep like their, right. their community growing. But the thing is, when he says that my parents burned and I lost my parents that way, he could one, it could be a cop out that he's just referring to everyone's everyone's parents in this family. Uh, uh, oh, Okay. But the, the oh, because everyone's everyone's brother. The, the issue, though, that I have right. over good point. But the issue I have overall is if this happens every ninety years when we set this yellow house on fire, <laughs> none of these people at the festival are pretty much alive. Yeah, that's what's if confusing it's to that me. Often, yeah, they would have a maybe, new person running the ceremony every ninety years. Right. Maybe it's like like yeah. human years versus dog years. It's like Helga years, <laughs> right? Or maybe you're you're the the baby that's birthed off of the ritual every year. So in this case, Christian's baby, um, with the redhead girl. What's her name? Like Mia or some shit. I don't know. It, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's whatever. Right. Like their baby is gonna be the ninety year old at the next ceremony. Right. They just mm. basically they train and raise that baby and have them experience this every year. But then here's another thing that I'm gonna throw. What terrible luck to go to the 90 year <laughs> one when you could just go to the one about fucking. Um, <laughs> this is true. And the other thing that I'm gonna throw out there is that there is a line when Josh, uh, when they're getting to know the place, they finally saw where they're gonna be all staying. Uh, Josh yeah. is asking questions. Paley does say, I don't have the exact numbers, but he says our lives are like seasons. And he yeah. refers to being a little kid as uh, spring. spring. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a winter period. And then summer is like when you're like the full on, yep. like, uh, uh, like a mentor. I, man, COVID has really gotten to your brain. You know that, <laughs> you know that summer happens after spring, not winter, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Solmer actually. What's a se- <laughs> yeah? No, yeah, man. Maybe COVID got to my brain. Too. I can't wait for Solmer break. break. Solmer break. Uh, anyways, the point though, whatever a season is these days. Uh, the point is, is that he says when they hit seventy-two, that's like the end of the cycle, and then we yeah. see two older people sacrifice, and then we have that example uh, when Connie and. Simon are freaking out during it that mm-hmm. like they, they give themselves instead of like old age. So we're led to believe that once they hit 72, they jump off a cliff. But that's what right. I, that's what I took away from it. But then it's confusing yeah, because too. just two people do that every mid summer. Right. Um, well, well, that could just be, that could just be, you know, a uh, part of, I, 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 I can see a reality where like, that's what they do. Even if it's not the festival. Yeah, I could see that. I guess, uh, um, 
you know, I, I don't really have the answer. I just got a little confused of, so this cliff jumping thing happens every summer. 90. Or does it happen every 90 years? Or is it just the yellow house burning? I guess it was always I kind think- of confusing me because I don't know how a society, if everyone, once it hits 72, just keeps jumping and dying, like if that would work every single year. And plus, it looked like there was definitely people that were over 72 that lived right. in this or movie. Or is it like if you hit 72 on that 90th year, you are, by by God, by the earth, destined for this fate? Like, yeah. you accept that, oh, well, I turned 72 on the, the anniversary of this some Midsummer Festival. Yeah. So I have been chosen myself and this other person who happens to be my wife. What are the, are they... Are they together? Prob- are they a couple? I, it, I think they are. I got that vibe. Yeah, I got the vibe that that was a husband and wife. So maybe right, they right. both happened to turn 72 that year. And that was part of the destiny of it. It's written in the stars that we were born 90 years. 90 years. Haha. We were born to to be 72 at the 90th anniversary of the last one. Sure. So we are the ones that are sacrificing themselves. But what if three babies were born that day? <laughs> yeah what? but it's also interesting because she says at the opening ceremony that we do this every 90 years but then you know and they confirmed later the 90 year thing i know but then the explanation that uh the director provided was that well they do this festival annually but the actual like this one is like a special one which i guess is, uh yeah it was just a little which is interesting because that's how word of mouth gets back about the festival existing is the people that were let go and sent back out into the world so right. maybe that explains the plainclothes people that were there prior to the old people jumping off the cliff maybe all the death stuff that is that is usually just for the people that are a part of this community Except on the 90th year, when they bring three or six, sorry, six potential sacrifices in, they bring those people in and they're the, the literally the only people to witness this are the six people that they have brought in, five of which they have killed, one of which is the May Queen. So maybe every year the festival ends prior to the sacrifice of the old people jumping off the cliff. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't really have the answers. It it just got a little confusing because if this happened, basically for me, if this happens every 90 years, most of the people celebrating right now would have little to absolutely none prior experience of the last 90 years. Right. Because 90 is just a lot, uh, you know, unless they're like crazy age and like, oh, I'm actually 180 years old. Right. Uh, But the movie didn't apply that logic, you know, so. When it comes to that scene, they don't know what's going to happen. They die in a pretty gruesome manner and get malleted yeah, in the to skull. Yeah, say the least. Like, uh. like, do you? I, I, I have like a. I have my question is this: Would you leave at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I left watching the movie at that point. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, from here on out, it's just you and me, Mark. Because uh, Juliet stopped. <laughs> I leave and then I text Max and say, "Tell me when he's dead." That's my thing. Her thing was just the the actual like old man in pain with a broken leg. I don't like to see old men in pain. I don't like to see anyone in pain, but specifically old men in pain is not my thing. So I wanted I wanted to know he's dead. Yeah, and for those keeping track at home, um, jumping off cliff, Juliet says no. Massive orgy with a bunch of people. I say hell yeah, hell yeah. So um, she's into that. (laughs) Here's my thing: if I'm here at this festival, 
my issue is that I would not react like Connie and Simon did. No. But well, well, but you could, but but I could see someone reacting like that. Totally. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, yeah. No. And I think that was realistic that people would react that way. I'm Wait, just saying you wouldn't freak out. No, I, no. I would. I would be. I would be. I'd be like. Does this mean I'm going to be next if I overreact? Yeah. Absolutely. No, and that's where I would be is that I would the, say the three of us are there. Um, the second we see that, that's when I'm just like calmly because I just watched them put a mallet to a guy's head. So I'm outnumbered here. Um, I would not be yelling, you are all fucked, screaming and like doing this because clearly they take this seriously. Mm-hmm. So this is not the place to you're, you're not going to win. <laughs> this uh, protest that you're um, yelling. Um, but I would definitely say to you, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. And let's I would let's see, go backpack through the woods. I would see you doing wh- that. Wh- which is basically what Danny does. Sort of. But then Christian's like, let's just keep an open mind. What yeah. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I would just, it, it's shocking that after that happens, none of them kind of realize like, oh, I could die. Yeah, I would Especially Josh not knows be, what's happening. I like to imagine that I'd be really cool in a zombie apocalypse too, but I don't think I would. I think I'd be the first one to be like, nope, this is ending. Yeah. But with this situation, I don't think I would be as cool as I would hope I would be. Well, I think I I think they what I really like the about the that scene, I think they handle it in a very good way because it is a gruesome scene, but then the matriarch comes up to them and it was just like, listen, like they, we, they sacrificed themselves as, as a, a joy. Like a gesture, a gesture, gesture. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is, and I, I really like how they say like, you know, normally in other cultures, dying is like a, a shameful and a fearful process. And we, we, give ourselves up before we spoil instead of lashing back at the inevitable and how it, it corrupts the spirit. I I was like, man, that's okay. I can kind of get behind that, you know? And then, so that's my question is like, would you still, after you heard that explanation, are you still like, these people are fucking crazy. Let's get the fuck out of here. Or do you like, <laughs> be like, or do you, are you, are you like Christian? You're like, well, I'm just, let's acclimate to the culture. This is their way. I don't well, think anyone would actually be a Christian in this situation. Yeah. Well, yeah, there would be people that would be a Christian. Although there's situation. a lot of mushrooms being had. So yeah. Like, what's your brain doing right now? And that's also something that we should throw into this answer is that they've been taking way too many, um, hallucinogenics, uh, you know, like consistently kind of mushrooms, drinking this mysterious tea. Um, so it's understandable that the judgment's a little cloudy. But I think there's a big fine line to it's a it's a sound example she gives. But at the same time, for me, I'm kind of like, nah, I kind of want to get out of here. Like, you know, because I just what I just saw, it's kind of like for me, that's kind of the the climax of like, yeah, I saw that. This is pretty fucked up. I don't know why I'm here. I thought this was Coachella, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I they, think they, uh, I think they really handled the, the psychedelics very well. Oh, absolutely. As, 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 as uh, I'm just going to speak for myself here, like as a psychedelic warrior with several experiences <laughs> myself, like I, I've always get annoyed by your, your how pastor's psych- listening right now, by the way. I, he was on it too. Uh, but 
but I, I I always get annoyed how psychedelics are treated in movies because like for example like um in Mad Men um like uh, Sterling does psychedelics and like he and he like opens the bathroom door and like cavalry charges out and you know like just the stuff that doesn't happen where like it always feels they always portray it in a way that it's like a living dream and like all these like oh there's a my dog shows up and he has three eyes and you know it's like it, it's like a weird i'm not explaining this very well but my point is just that it they they portray psychedelics as in, in a very inaccurate way and and like i love that scene where they're they first, they're on mushrooms before they go to helga and and mark's like um uh, man uh we we should i'm feeling weird right now everyone lay down everyone lay down it feels good and uh. you, know, you know like i was like i've been there i've been there or, or like oh my god someone new someone new's coming right up right yeah, now yeah 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 that's, like, uh, that's why like, i don't do those things because i have a feeling i would be the that mark in that situation and i would be losing my shit yeah and when they showed the tree and how the bark is like kind of iridescent and moving mm-hmm. i i have seen that tree <laughs> <laughs> i am terrified I, of this prospect um, of doing those so kind of drugs i think i a thousand percent agree i think that this movie has definitely was, was was treating hallucinating in a very realistic and subtle way because there's other movies that handle it and i think it's still effective but like this take fear and loathing in las vegas I think no one sees giant lizards, but the way that yes, that's John, a better example. Thank you. But the way that Johnny Depp acts in that moment, like as if a bunch of lizards are overcrowding him, that's a realistic way to kind of act. Like you're feeling kind of like edgy, yeah. and so I think different movies have different takes on how to express it. But what I loved about Midsummer throughout this film is it's not like you see a really crazy grand thing like a lizard attacking you or something. What you really see is little subtleties of objects like a carpet, like a rug or a tree, which mm-hmm. was really good. But like the grass kind of moving a little different because you're hallucinating and, and perceiving things a little bit off, yeah. a little bit stranger. I liked watching yeah. in Midsummer when like the table, when she is crowned the May Queen and she's sitting in that chair of vines and like she lifts her arm and the vines. It's so it, like I'm sure it was yeah. different seeing it on the big screen with you, Mark. But on a TV screen, you, it's so subtle that you barely see how the vines yeah. are kind of following her arms and things like that. But then she's looking straight ahead and the table, the food on the table is kind of breathing. And yeah. I, as someone who's never done any drugs like that, because I'm A, an angel, and B, uh, type A, and also scared of things, um, I've never experienced that. And I feel like that was a really interesting, like, probably the the, the best, I would say, to describe how... I think it will be. You're right. You're yeah, right. <laughs> and, and absolutely. And, and and I also think, you know, with this movie, there's, you know, there is some plot holes for me of every 90 years, Pele's parents, you know, like I'm kind of like, you know, this stuff I think is little unanswered questions and I'm really just going to get more, I don't want to call them excuses, but there's some plot holes in this movie. But I think that this movie wins because... The things that they really do well, they excel at. And I think visually, the tone is perfect. I think the we were talking about the score. I think the score is great. And another thing I want to add, because I think that cliff scene is important, 
The sound design is extremely effective in telling the Which story. Which is why I left the room. Um, the way that the sound drops and you can hear um, Simon freaking out and you can hear him yelling like, no, fuck this, fuck that. But it's so uh, – it's almost like Saving Private Ryan with Tom Hanks when he goes into that mode where everything slows down and gets really quiet and he's kind of lost in his head. It, mm-hmm. The sound design was so effective to show how Danny's processing what's happening. And yeah. the music changes and then you have that one screaming noise right before like the crush happens, but then they don't like play the sound effect of the woman hitting the concrete. It it drops to silenceness. So and then it, the movie continues to bring on that sound design and that's what we we're talking about how the the music flows in and out of in the scene and then it's a score. Um, there's just uh, the, the May Queen dance. Like there's so many awesome moments of sound design as well that also works for that that visual headspace. It's uh, like, you know, we're seeing what it's like in their mind and visually we're seeing how they're perceiving everything, but then also it's like how they're taking stuff into their head. And I think that's like another really excellent um, thing that this film achieved. Have you ever eaten a pube pie? Uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to leave this to Julia. Are we in that pube pie segment yet? <laughs> I, I thought we were going to have a segment for pube pies and I was going to give a recipe. Oh, 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 nice. Uh, let me get my pencil. Cooking with Juliet. <laughs> That's our YouTube uh, series. If you sign up on Patreon, uh, we'll give you pew pie recipes. So, Juliet, why don't you oh give us a... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is a binging with Babish episode for sure. So, Juliet, pie. this is your moment for some improv. Just give us a quick, uh, you know, romance, pew pie, love potion, you know, right. uh, So, first you want to fold in the cheese... <laughs> I, I I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Um, I guess before we get into pube pie, we get like there's the, <laughs> the, <laughs> like wait we're done with pube Wednesday. Pie? It's before we get into pube pie. Right. Pube pie Wednesday. I want to bring up that before the cliff scene, before stuff was going down, we get a visual representation of this spell, and uh, I believe it's when you know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. They're it's all like on the laundry. It. Yeah, and then we see this thing After called... After they see the bear. <laughs> yeah, he goes, what's He's that bear? Like, it's a bear. No one's going to say anything about the bear. It's um, a bear. <laughs> so they're exploring, and then um, I, I believe Pele says, like, what's this? And referring to this, like, uh, I guess it's a pretty uh, interesting comic strip uh, oh <laughs> of, of artwork. <laughs> and goes, it's a love story of sorts, or I believe that's the word and he says. And it's sweet, yeah. It's very sweet, uh, but it basically shows us this story of a woman trying to get a man, and then she cuts her pubes and then bleeds into a cup, and there's then he drinks the very, potion, and he's hypnotized. There's a crude feeling of when when any woman, I think, uh, and maybe man, but like more, it's more reactionary when it's a woman, frogs. And that's when you kind of like do a bit of a squat and your hands are around your private areas with scissors. And I call it frogging because uh, you uh-huh. look a little like a frog uh- about to leap. But it's a beautiful piece of <laughs> art, a beautiful backwards comic strip until she starts frogging. And then you're like, ah. And then you're like, ah. And then you're like, ah, pupae. Yeah, Juliet, for people interested, Juliet <laughs> will be um, offering pube pies uh, curbside, though, um, six feet apart. It is 2020. <laughs> Women don't have pube pies anymore, okay? Oh. This Are is we sure? Well, now they do. This, because... is a, this is a Brazilian pie. <laughs> they do <laughs> now. Too, too far? Until right. essential <laughs> businesses are open again. Uh, okay. So, anyways, the reason I bring that up is 
just like a lot of visuals in this movie, there's a lot of artwork that is basically telling our story that we're watching. The opening shot of the movie is basically a whole mural to basically represent what we're about to experience. Right. And then the same thing is we see right. this love potion, and then it was really fun because then we see that Christian is chosen um, for this love potion. And, of for course, sweet D. part of that is putting some period blood in his drink and uh, baking him a pube pie. Menstrual blood. Menstrual blood. Sorry. Yeah. My Be bad. respectful. <laughs> Good God, man. I'm sorry. Corona. Anyways. Um, You're such a Christian. Before the <laughs> okay, That's guys, good. I figured out what I'm gonna do my thesis on. <laughs> the same thing my friend is doing. And I'm like, no, man, we'll share it. It'll be cool. Give me your notes. Oh, now you want to collaborate? Such a dick. Oh man. Don't fuck with cheating. So that table. Okay, so a lot of stuff has been happening. We've seen the first sacrifice. Uh, Mark pisses on the the ancestral tree. I have a whole thing about this situation here. Can we talk about pissing on ancestral trees right now? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Okay, so here's the thing. You watch Mark. He looks around all over the place to be like, oh, I'm going to go piss. So then he goes and pees. So why was he looking all around for a place to pee if he's going to pee in the wide-ass open of a fucking ancestral tree when there's woods all around? When you're looking around for a place to pee, it's because you're trying to find somewhere that's private enough for you to pee, and there's woods 10 feet past the ancestral tree. If he really didn't care about people seeing his bare ass while he was peeing, he would have just been like, oh, I'm going to go around the corner of this house and pee on the side of the house. But he specifically chose to go 30 yards to the ancestral tree when he could have gone 40 yards to the private woods yeah, and that's so just that's mark my mark, mark. he's the fool exactly that's my mark problem here other than his eyebrows yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and plus they 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 cremated the bodies from the sacrifice and you see them shoveling the ashes on the tree oh like, i i didn't even realize that that's a good point like, he's pissing on their ashes what is wrong with him I want to sacrifice um, him. Yeah, and also, like he misses out on the sacrifice, and the one he hears about, it, he's like, "Oh, dude, would you let me sleep through that?" <laughs> <laughs> also, fun fact about that actor: I had no idea he was actually British until the other day when we were watching Bandersnatch, and Max's sister said, "Is that guy British?" Oh, and Max oh said, my. "Yeah," and I said, "No," and then I looked it up. I was like, "Wait, what? I had no idea." He's I so had no fucking, idea either. He's so fucking talented. <laughs> Um, Man, he, that's he nailed he nailed us he, being re- resin pizza boys <laughs> <laughs> resin so, pizza boys is our next album you know i i know i know we got past the cliff scene but you brought up a good point that i i wanted to i wanted to mention as well is he's the only one not present out of that group to watch the sacrifice and that was his first response like dude let me sleep through that <laughs> i think it's interesting because i thought about well what's the reasoning for the writing and directing to have him not be in this scene. Right. Uh, Cause sometimes you watch like movies and you're like, Oh, well they didn't have that actor for that day, but like they're right. clearly just here on this land. Um, do you think the reason was, is that if Mark was actually present and watched that happen, would he be like us freaking out of like, we got to go or like, I, I mean, I otherwise like they, why exclude him? Be, well, I I think the reason is that, he, they didn't want to have comic relief and that is kind of he is the fool not only in the story but as like 
in the script he's yeah the he's like the he's the voice of comic relief and i feel like they wanted you as a viewer to sit in in the misery in the shock of that scene and not have relief rather than like have him just producing some quibs about what's happening right now like dude did you see her face yeah yeah um okay i could buy that i was just kind of curious because obviously they had to like it was like by choice to like exclude him from that scene and i just wondered if it's like they're thinking his character would probably be like nah dude fuck that did you see what happened like more like like dawn when that happened it was like morning time, and then they had their ceremony, which he wasn't was up. It was dawn. he was up though because they had the whole ceremony table, like where they sat at the table, and then um, the, the the two people that are going to sacrifice talked in tongues for a while. Then right after they get picked up at the chairs, he's like he, he, they didn't talk in tongues. It's called Swedish. Ah, tongue, Swedish. Tongue. You know, whatever. But I would I like I to again support part. Mark the Fool. Sorry, not Mark Mark the Rethke, but Mark the Fool. Um, I if I'm hungover, I'm gonna wake up for breakfast and I'm gonna go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm with eyebrows on this one. Yeah, but he missed. I guess I would just be more curious, like, oh well, what's going on now, right? Like this doesn't seem like the downtime to go piss on a tree and go take a nap. You know, like well, this is uh, what's going on. <laughs> he he's not the anthropologist that, though. He's there for the party, right? You know? that's that's why he that's true, yeah. he woke up, had breakfast, and then went back to take a nap. Which also, like, you know, it's, it's, the breakfast is just, like, very minimal, you know? It's a minimal pube breakfast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> low in calories. Uh, yeah. All right. High fiber. So, after the sacrifice happened, and we're going to get into pube pies now, um, <laughs> Connie and Simon have just disappeared. And, you know, leading into this, you know, Simon's like, we're getting out of here, we're leaving. And then Connie's freaking out because why would Simon leave without her? And then essentially they're just gone from the movie. And yeah. then we're joined with the rest of our um, misfit toys, our, our, our misfit toys, our, <laughs> our, our, our cast. And they're sitting at this dinner. Mark is pissed on the tree. He goes, dude, is that guy going to kill me? Um, <laughs> I um, forgot about that. That's yeah, so good. And Josh is clearly upset because he has been really getting in deep study and he's upset about Christian trying to steal his thesis, but he wants pictures of this book. So he's clearly deep in thought, yeah. thinking about how I'm, I'm going to get photos for my um, thesis. And then meanwhile, Danny and Christian are kind of having a breakthrough where Christian doesn't seem to give a shit that Connie and Simon are like disappeared at all. Right. Well, they, yeah. they, 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 the hook that they put in them to stay is that they have to do this thesis. So like, they yeah, can't, they can't bail now. Yeah, exactly. And you know, but Danny has the powerful line. Cause it's kind of when basically there's a huge falling action now because Josh and Mark are going to die after this in the next scene. Yeah. The where, post stuff. Uh, all this post stuff. We're getting into that post stuff. We're still in the stuff stuff. <laughs> Anyways, she says to Christian, because he's not paying attention to her at all, she goes, Simon, why would he just leave without Connie? And then she says, Well, I could see you doing that to me. He goes, What is that supposed to mean? And oh. then and then that's when stuff's kind of unraveling, because that's the first time we see Danny kind of uh, you know s- speaking up. She's yeah. um, she's She's speaking her piece. She's saying her mind now. Um, but it's an interesting scene for me because this was the last time we see them all together. Yeah. Mark- love, and, and they also have that. She has that dream and her, which oh, is yeah. such a code, codependent dream of, of she wakes up 
Oh, and they're and taken they're, off and, without her, and, right? And they're 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 leaving her the behind. Yeah. And uh, but her uh, family's and in I the love, band too, I love right? the the black exhaust coming out of the out yeah. of the car, and then it she breathes it out in the same way that her sister died. Yeah. Yeah. Also, when she blew out her candle, when he awkwardly sang happy birthday to her, which went on way too long. Uh, when she blew out the candle, did you notice how weird it was? Because she went, yeah. because she did the oh, opposite yeah. of what they all do. Instead of like, she didn't just blow out the candle. She went, and it was the opposite of. Juliet, one their... more time into the mic. <laughs> That was a good observation. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, I did only because I was like, that's a weird ass way to blow out a candle. I think maybe you could say that that was her starting to assimilate more to mm-hmm. being like, maybe this is home. Um, yeah. You know, um, but, th- you know, this dinner scene, though, or late afternoon, this is kind of this is the well, this is the last time they're all together. And, you know, Josh is concerned about getting pictures from this book. And he even asked Christian, like, hey, did they say anything that and he goes, well, now you want to collaborate, you know, and. They're at odds, and then Mark is just worried because this guy's staring at him. He's like, "Dude, is that guy gonna fucking kill me?" Um, but then Turns that's, out, yes, yeah, Answer, yes. And then uh, that's when Mark gets just taken away. Like, I want to show you something, and then I guess we just don't see from Mark ever again until then. Later that evening, Josh decides he's gonna take the, the photos. That's annoying and amazing the off-camera deaths. Annoying and amazing. I yeah. would say my horror movie fan friends. Hated it because they didn't get to see the deaths, but all my movie movie friends loved it because you didn't. Yeah, I, I and I'm a little torn because I kind of like, you know, the movie was, you know, not giving us all that because it's still kind of feeling eerie. Like all these people are just start kind of disappearing. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting to note. So basically, Mark is disappears and then Josh gets up in the middle of the night because he's determined that I'm going to sneak off and take pictures of this. Obviously, that does not go well for Josh. He gets the photos, but then... Well, they think he's getting laid. Yes. They... He thinks he's getting laid. Yeah, so they think he's off with this girl getting laid, but then Josh disappearing, and, and to add with the kind of the strange departing of Connie and Simon, you know, Danny's kind of like, what's going on? But Christian just seems like, I don't... I'm totally oblivious to all yeah. that. He actually denounces Josh. Um, Says, well... If he stole this, these these pages, we do not associate oh, yeah, yeah. with him associate at all. With you know? him. We don't associate with with emotional terrorists like Josh. Like fuck Christian and that. <laughs> like I hated him so much. He could be as mean as he wants to be to Danny, but when he fucking did that shit to Cheaty, and he was like, "No, I don't, I don't associate with him because I would never steal a, a, a ancient book." Like, yes, you yeah. fucking would, Christian. You would absolutely steal an ancient book if you cared. <laughs> Like I find I it fascinating him. that like the the cross that you want to die on is that he's <laughs> he's stealing someone's thesis and not like the emotional terror that he's causing to his. Listen, fucking... relationships are a two way street uh, when it comes to romantic love, and uh, I think Danny made her own mistakes too, uh, but Chidi never did anything wrong. Okay, so. For me, though, for me, though, I think both are correct. I think overall what it shows us is that Christian is just kind of an emotionally weak person in general. Yeah. Um, he can't, you know, like we were saying this before. He, he he can't commit to anything in his actual studies. He can't commit to his relationship. He can't really even, like, sometimes commit to listening to anybody else in general. So he was an overall right. just flawed human. Like, Mark was strong. When they when he went to take that second call from Danny at the pizza shop, Mark would not move from his 
his chair and was like, no, I'm not letting you out this way. So he got up and made Pele and uh, Josh move so he could go take yeah. that call from Danny. Like, he he's only as strong as his strongest counterpoint. Um, so yeah, Mark, anything you want to add with, um, you know, Josh and Mark, like kind of the fallout from them at all? Uh, no, I, I, I honestly, I understand. I I will say like, I I love this movie, but I, I felt like the, the thesis thing was maybe one of the weaker threads of, of the story. I understand why it was needed because we had to give an we had to establish a reason that they wouldn't take off, you know. Um, so I th- I see how it was necessary, but I didn't really find that that part of the story compelling. I think it was also used as like Juliet. A, on the other hand, well, Listen. I think Juliet's not more. I, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I don't think you're as concerned about the thesis. It's more of how Christian is written to I'm, act I, towards I, it. I, my my big catalyst is loyalty. And I don't think that's a loyal friend to take the project that you've been working on and calling it their that you're it's your own. That's what bothers me. Yeah, yeah. We started this podcast kind of talking about is Christian a good guy or not, and does he deserve his fate? Yeah, and, and uh, I'm starting to get more into the camp of he. You want to midsummer that fate. bitch, don't you? Yes. <laughs> All right. He's not loyal. <laughs> He's not. He's just not a good person, and I also think it comes from a place of just being emotionally weak. He can't be there emotionally I, in a relationship. He can't be there emotionally as a friend when friends start fucking disappearing. Because I can't. Because you can't. You can't blame him for uh, sleeping with Pele's sister because she cast a spell on him. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> like, I can't. I can't blame him for doing that. Yeah. We're gonna get reported. Oh man, that would. That was that was just a uh, rune magic. That wasn't him b- betraying her. We call it badge madge. Ba- <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh. Badge madge. Yeah, well, you got sometimes right. you gotta go you gotta go frogging to do some badge match. Oh jeez. So <laughs> So I mean I will say the one moment I did like where uh basically so Josh is gone, Mark is gone, Connie and Simon are gone. And they get separated in the morning. I would have been gone way before all of this. Yeah, but not dead, hopefully. I would have been uh-huh. gone when I got there and there was no, like, wine anywhere. Everyone's like, no, we just drink mushroom tea. I, yeah. like, I have a problem with this. I, I think I would have left when they were like, hey, do you, we're watching Austin Powers with the... <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's when Max I, would have been like, I'm sold. Okay. I'm leaving. I was... I was saving I was saving that joke for later because what the fuck was that? That was so weird at that opening. Like, hey, the little ones are watching Austin Powers. I, I think that was, I, I I thought it was perfect. That's a PG thirteen. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it was that that part was just to make it seem like oh, we're just all harmless. We watched yeah. Austin Powers. I I love that. I it, it kind of reminded me of um, of a story where I I uh, took. Buddhism as my religious studies class in college and uh uh my teacher was saying how he went to a monastery and he wa- he watched a movie with the monks there and he watched speed oh cuz it's just like this is like a movie movie they don't have like yeah. the selection this is like we're going to watch yeah, that popular film speed and and, and 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 this is he told he said when they finished the movie there were all of the monks were like, can we watch it again? And they watched, 
They watched Speed twice in a row. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that sort of like Tropic Thunder when they watch Simple Jack all the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one film that we watched, Simple Jack. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So I think I think it was a good touch, and I thought it was hilarious. No, I thought it was great. Uh, I just I was not expecting Austin Powers Austin to Powers. be said. And also, like, like what are they watching this on? There's no electricity here. You no, know, they they established that. They say they have like a water mill. Oh, that... okay, gotcha. So maybe I missed that part. Um, yeah, cl- they, clearly they say... missed that part. Yeah, um, so they established that they have electricity, though you never really see it on screen. Oh yeah, so we th- th- let's talk about um because basically we're left with Christian and Danny to wrap up and we're getting into our, our third act where they get separated and Danny gets taken over to do the May Queen the annual May Queen dance competition whereas Christian is supposed to uh, meet with one of the elders or I guess not the elder like yeah um the the main main woman Matriarch. yeah there you go thank you i was uh looking for the words and i like how she says so she's taking a liking to you and he's like yeah i think i ate one of her pubes <laughs> i will say that was awesome <laughs> this is my favorite part of the movie and i know it shouldn't be but this is my favorite part of the, the movie, movie gets <laughs> really sneaky with some of those quibs in there once in a while like uh um, he's funny those... and his expressions are funny like yeah. i don't hate christian Sorry. Well, I mean, I don't like him, but uh, <laughs> so, anyways. I'm, I'm uh, confused, Juliet. I thought you hated his guts. I, I Only when he's mean to the black guy. Juliet, you don't like him. She's just being difficult. <laughs> Man, I can't wait don't to talk you, about the end. Don't you gaslight me right uh, now. But I, 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 guess, I guess we kind of are at the ending. Yeah, we're at the ending. So let's talk about... So we have a dual thing going on right now. Um, Christian is under this spell. We know about the love story. Um, uh, what's her name? Redhead. Uh, is it Maya? Yeah, I think it's I Maya. Think, yeah. Uh, so she has put him under this spell. She's put a piece of wood underneath his bed earlier, a like rune. the night before. What a was that? Rune. A love rune. Love, love rune. rune. Um, obviously, we know about the pubic pie. Um, get one in your store today while supplies last. Um, and then he also had... <laughs> On Grubhub. <laughs> all proceeds go... Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> and, he, he, and he has drank her a menstrual drink. Um, That's why his was a little more orange than everyone else's. <laughs> nice touch. you think he would notice that, FYI. Like, oh, mine's just Mine tastes color. like copper. Uh, so the... It's a love story. So as as the May Queen dance is going on, and I'd love to talk about the May Queen dance as well, we just know that Christian is under this trance, but then he's served even more um, tea. And he's yeah. like, I don't want to have a bad trip. So I think what I took away in that movie, because it's kind of weird because they're all kind of drinking that tea still. But uh-huh. I think something's already like, I think that's when the spell has been working on because he, he, his head keeps is, is down he's feeling weird and then he already knows something's wrong so he doesn't want to have a bad trip it's just like someone doesn't want to take lsd when they're not having a good day um Mm -hmm. because it's not a pick-me-up it's uh but there's something like happening to him and it's what's interesting for the rest of this movie i don't know if you two noticed this but christian and danny so basically they're confronted about you know their friends going missing and the pages and you know, Christian denounces Josh and his actions. 
after that scene when they split up, Danny and Christian never talked to each other again the rest of the movie. I don't know if both of you picked up on that. That's right, because she keeps asking about Christian, who's at the other side of the table. She asks at the table, can Christian come? And they're like, no, you need to go by yourself. But they never speak to each other the rest of the movie. You're right. They definitely see each other. You're so smart. But I thought that was really interesting because it says a lot that the movie, there's so much to get caught up in that like they actually don't have an exchange with each other at all besides like looks and uh you know danny's in this dance and christian's got his head down when everyone's celebrating that she's made to the final eight everyone's holding their fingers up celebrating um speaking in tongues (laughs) of sweden man you guys not gonna let that go are you um no uh i'm sorry all right (laughs) i should have done something christian should have said just said sorry Um, sorry Anyways, uh, Christian is under this trance. So when, when you say sorry, it sounds like you're just saying too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna get midsummer tonight. I know it. Um, so all of the like, um, the 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 virile women got to go with the May Queen on her journey to bless all of the things. And then it's like and the, the elders, older, yeah. the elder women, and the one woman that just became a woman are a part of the ceremony. So it's surrounded by all of the elder women while the the woman that has just been been made a woman, the new woman, mm-hmm. uh, gets to take in that sweet man sperm. So. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't think of a better <laughs> actor to play this. Actually, I think you and I both watched the same video or read the same thing or whatever. Watched the same movie? I don't know. The same video where they explained that that was the actor's choice to be fully naked when he ran from the scene. They were going to have him, like, clothed partially. And he is like, nah, yo, dick out. He thought it was best for Christian to be as vulnerable as possible. Like, thousand percent. Uh, So full frontal was his idea. And it works uh, because he's, he's very... He's very vulnerable in this moment. And I think with Christian, it's an interesting debate because regardless of all the dumb stuff and you know, just not being a good person, does Christian deserve this to happen to him? Uh, well, no, no one deserves anything bad to happen to them. Well, I mean, some people do. Like, some people deserve to go to prison for, you know, years. But, I mean, does Christian Prison for deserve... years doesn't, doesn't equate to bear suit. What? Well, I think, well, it's, it's, uh, the thing is crazy because I, it, it feels like a punishment and, you know, they always talk about like, you know, doing this is a joy. This is a, this is life is a circle. It's not a punishment, but the thing about it is I have to like question it because at the end the elder is, he's giving this uh tincture that's like here if you take this you're not going to feel any pain and you're not going to feel any fear right mm-hmm. and, and then he doesn't give it to christian on purpose so then it makes it feel like this is this is a, a punishment but i yeah. thought that that was a placebo because ingemar who is the one that was in there accepted it and then the other one was screaming in pain no which the other is why one the rest t- of them started screaming well okay so no, they both took it. I just think the idea is like even with this tincture, it's still like you're burning alive. I it's thought it was placebo, and that's why they were screaming. 
Like, no, here, no. you won't feel fear, you won't feel pain. And then when the fire actually hits them, they're screaming in it's... pain because it's not real. That's well, my theory. Yeah, I mean, I, I Don't think... Don't say I'm wrong. Well, no, I'm not saying I you're should. wrong. I'm just saying overall, I think simply in that part of the movie was that this is going to help with the pain, but you're still going to burn alive. I don't think there's anything in the world that's going to... Right. You know. My fe- my theory was it wasn't helping with anything. It was all placebo, and they actually felt the pain and started screaming. Because mm, it doesn't yeah. feel great. I mean, interesting. I just don't know why they're going to torture their own people then. It's not torture. It's sacrifice. Right, but yeah. I mean... They don't care about... Like, torture isn't something that, like, is a function in their brains. They don't care. You're a sacrifice. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it, well, well. Let's let's say let's let's just for argument's sake, wh- they let's just say they thought it was real, that it was going to like prevent the pain or the fear of death. But let's. But my point is this: they don't give it to Christian, which makes it feel like it is torture. But you he's also I mean? sedated. Well, he's sedated, but his mind's still working. He just can't move or speak. Right. So that's what she opens up with him. He can still feel. He just can't yes. move or speak. So, but I think yeah. that I think that it's all placebo, and they're like, we've given you this so you can't move or speak. We haven't given that the other two guys that have self-sacrificed this, and they are allowed to move and speak. One of them does, one of them does not. And that's why I think the drug they give them to not feel pain is not a real thing. It's a spiritual thing because one of them makes no noise whatsoever and is just at peace, and the other one is losing his shit because it fucking hurts. Right. Yeah, but I, I, I just, but I think it's, you. they definitely did it on purpose not to give it to him, though, you know? No, they did. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think they did that on purpose not to give it to Christian, but the fact that they have two self-sacrifices and one does not react to it and the other does react to it is a testament to what this drug is. I think that's Ari Aster telling us that this drug isn't really making the pain go away. The one that really believes in it mm-hmm. is not reacting. The one that actually didn't believe in it is reacting. And then the guy that can't react is just in a fucking bear suit. This, this is my favorite we were talking about our favorite parts of the movie and this is the thing that I love so much about this movie is how they live in this commune, which is not uncommon, but at what I, I think that really establishes something new that I have never seen before is like, it's not just that they're a commune where they share their food. They don't have property that's a common idea, but they also share emotions. And when when that they're screaming, their 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 village sacrifices are screaming, they start screaming too because they feel the pain. Yeah. They feel the pain because they are connected not just in the community of goods, they're connected in the spirits of emotion. And you see that when when Danny breaks down seeing that Christian has uh, cheated on her and she goes through the emotional torment of, of that. All of the girls that are with her, they start screaming and wailing in the same way that she does. And it's so beautiful. 
Yeah, and also the the cliff scene when um the old man is unsuccessful, they all scream as well. Uh, during but that also part in the well. fire scene at the end, they're all screaming along with right. him. Well, that's when what he's Mark. Hurt. Yeah, it's the expression of feeling like a community, but is feeling like a community this hard also taking away your individuality? So. Uh, Danny finally has a group of people that are wailing with her that are finally understanding her pain instead of brushing it aside. But also is that just kind of placating how Danny feels and just doing what Danny feels because that's what Danny wants. So we're still in this like limbo of what's the right way to mourn with somebody just going along with them and screaming and wailing with them or brushing them aside and trying to make them just handle it on their own. Yeah. I mean, I feel the message of the movie, I mean, there's a lot of messages, but I feel the big one is that Danny has felt really alone in her own grief. Um, She, one, is an orphan um, and, you know, has her boyfriend is like not really there for her emotionally. And her and their friends are getting trying to get her to not go with them on the trip, trying yeah. to like break up with her. And her own like, friends to, are gone. Her one friend her, that she had yeah. is gone. Yeah. And I think the movie just for me, I think a big message of it is that, you know, Danny found people that have shown her that you're not alone and you don't need to go this. And I yeah, I love pointing out like how this tribe has taken in that we are all one spiritually. And I it think Danny was like always looking looking for somewhere to belong. A real family. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the words of Linkin Park, somewhere I belong. No, Oof. that's not good. All right. Uh, before we kind of got off this tangent, does Christian deserve this, though? That That's the question I still, because uh, I don't I, think anyone's really kind of weighed I, in on I, this. It depends on what he's getting. He's getting sewn into a bear and burned alive. No, no one really deserves the extension of that. But a punishment of you've forced somebody into a box to become something for you and everybody just has to do everything that Christian wants. Like, fine, your thesis is my thesis and this, that and the other. Yeah, okay, fine. He deserves this. (laughs) But maybe not literally getting sewn into a dead bear. So are you... Still hung up about the thesis. I'm gonna always be mad about the thesis. Don't steal my shit. Man, grad school must be really wild with you. You know, don't steal her this thesis, is... dude. She'll put you in a bear suit. This is why I didn't go to grad school. Uh, <laughs> um, I I also loved um, uh, during the uh, the sex scene how <laughs> it's so weird and they start her mother starts singing to her while they're having sex and they hold her hand. And then as a community, they're feeling the passion of the sex. They're all like moaning yeah. together. No, no. I mean, it's, it's definitely just, yeah. Just what uh, you brought up before. It's how they all like feel this together. So that was they just another example. All experiences together. Um, I don't know, but you, the Mark, you brought up a good point, but Juliet and I both literally LOL when she does get down and, hold her hand and start singing and then you see yeah. Chris, christian's it's eyes christian's- are so dilated it's his look of like can you imagine that ever happening in no college there's for a you? there's a level of acting that this guy pulled off so this guy agreed when he took on this movie to become this villain for a lot of people but if you watch him as an actor and his choices and what he does he is so real 
in yeah. what would your reaction be if you were having sex with someone and all well, of a sudden his her well, mother? I would, I, I would was lose my erection. Your... That's for sure. <laughs> what I took away though, because we keep saying, well, he kept going and stuff like that. I think what the movie is telling us though is that he's under a spell. He has no choice but to keep going. Um, yeah. Everything is being guided for him of where to walk to, where to approach yeah. her. It's not well, a spell, yeah, it's I drugs. Said, I said, not I said no, but the, the, the love spell, though, that's what I the said, movie's yeah, telling Yeah, I said us. that earlier. I said, like, I'm not going to yeah. hold that against him because he was under, under uh, what'd you call it, vag match? <laughs> yeah. Vag match. Yeah. We can't hold anything against Christian except for that fucking thesis. Oh, everything <laughs> has been on the guise of either love spell, drugs, or... Or just like, what do you do when your girlfriend's family kills themselves? Like, yeah. there's a lot of factors. The only factor that was true, pure Christian, was fucking stealing that thesis. Okay. I stand by that. All right. Uh, Mark, though, did Christian deserve what happened to him in this movie? I, I gotta say, like, both times I watched this movie, I mean, like, we can think about this academically, but... Both times I when I watch this movie, when when Danny decides to sacrifice him and not another villager that she doesn't even know, I'm like, fuck yes, girl. And I'm like cheering on the inside. So yeah, like, no, he doesn't I like thinking about it now, talking about it post, yeah, like, of course he didn't deserve it. But like in as a viewer of the movie, when I was watching it, I was like, hell yeah, burn. Christian Byrne. Yeah, because I think that was a big reaction as well to, you know, people on the internet when this movie came out. Uh, the fandom that really created around this movie was the line of, girl, I'm about to midsummer this boy. You know, like, we're going to midsummer this person. But deep down, when you really think of what that means of like, oh, put him under a spell and rape him and then put him in a bear suit. No, it just and means then put him in a bear fire. suit. Well... I mean, overall, I think that's, you know, what happens to him towards the end of the movie. I, when I'm watching this, I think it's an interesting thing to explore of, yeah, he's a bad person. But at the same time, both you and Juliet are kind of saying that he deserved it, but really looking at it, he didn't deserve it. Is that kind of, do I have that right? That's where both of you kind of stand with that question. uh, On the ride, the roller coaster on the ride of the movie, I loved it. And then you take a step back. You're like, well, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just think it's interesting because how this movie plays out, and this is another big question I have for both of you, is the ending of the movie where I think, so where where I interpret this movie is that this was a, a very strange breakup movie. And I think that we are led to the metaphor is that Danny had finally gotten out of a very emotionally abusive relationship. Um, so I think yeah. for me, it's like that's kind of the metaphor at the end of the movie is she finally was able to let go of the past and finally yeah. and finally smile because she never really smiled this whole movie until the very last shot. But, yeah, I picked up on that too. But she the, got a two good, like, hard relationships because her relationship with her sister was really hard too. Yeah, like she had a lot of like excess emotional baggage, and finally, it's like I'm gonna be okay. I've kind of finally found myself. Um, and I think that's great. There's a great metaphor for that at the end. But my question for both of you is that we're kind of led to believe that Danny is the hero 
of this movie. And I feel by also the audience's reaction to all this, I guess my question is, is she really a hero? I think that she's the hero because people have recognized Frances Pugh as a beloved actress, as a great human. And they really, she's so endearing, she's so lovely that she's become a hero. But you put someone else in this role that's not as lovely as she is, as talented as she is, you might have more people sympathizing with a Christian. So you're saying it's a casting thing? I think it's heavily on casting how lovely and good and talented that she is, that we are, a a bunch of people have ignored all of the other parts where, I'm sorry, but... uh, Danny's responsible for a bit of the relationship. Well, and then let me ask that really quick, just to follow up with that. Don't like this, not think about the casting just as the script itself. But I think the casting has so much to do with it. No, that's fine. I'm just talking specifically with the script itself. You know, usually we have a protagonist and we're watching their struggle, their journey. Script itself, is she really if the she hero? wasn't so lovable and lovely, then no, she- I might go in the other direction but she is such a lovely and lovable person i think that's why we have leaned towards the unhindering support of danny in this movie Um, he's not that bad so you're saying she is the hero she is the hero but why well and i guess that's my question then is why is she the hero of the movie um and my answer is casting, because you you cast a fucking D-bag actress in this. You don't care as much. You cast Anne Hathaway in this role. Nobody gives a fuck what happens to Danny. <laughs> devil, wear, devil wears spare suits. Uh, that's, uh, that's an interesting take. I've actually watched this whole movie and go, but what if it was Anne but Hathaway? What if it was Anne Hathaway? Would you care about Danny? And the answer is no. And I like Anne Hathaway. I think she's great. But people don't like Anne Hathaway. People fucking love this girl. So it's completely different. Right, but Florence Pugh... Put Miley Cyrus in this role. Okay. But in fairness, Florence Pugh really wasn't a thing before this movie as far as... And she had a really amazing year. She follows up Midsummer with Little Women. So I think... Summer! Mid 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 spring with uh little little woman tiny ladies. She had a really fantastic year, so she was kind of an unknown commodity as far as. Wait, big she did fighting though. with my family. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. true. I mean, but that was once again also like two thousand late two thousand eighteen two thousand nineteen. Um, so she's a fairly kind of newer actress, but she had an amazing I, year. But it doesn't matter if she's new or not. She she became known as this kind of light weak character that was made strong and it brings a love for this human a love for this character friend like you can chicken or egg francis Pugh was midsummer francis Pugh's egg or chicken we don't know but she she is midsummer midsummer is francis Pugh, and that's the question is do we love it because we love her or do we love her because we love it we don't know but again anne hathaway in this role okay um, I, I, if you want me to answer that question, I mean, I think it, it when, you, when you say hero, does that mean like, oh, she's done heroic deeds? No, but is she, she like the main character, the heroine? Yes. Like her obstacle is overcoming her being lost in an abyss of tragedy and emotion that she has to crawl her way out of. And she does overcome it in the end. She smiles. 
So, yeah, she's the hero. Yeah, and I I mean, overall, yes, she's our protagonist, and this is what, you know, she uh, overcame her struggle in the end. I guess maybe where my question's a little bit more rooted is that it seems like a lot of people have been celebrating her decision, and I like how you put it, um, you know, you're on the while you're on the roller coaster ride, you're like, hell yeah, I'm so glad that this happened, but then kind of when thinking about it, I just think it's kind of interesting because she really, even though Christian was a really horrible boyfriend, she does ultimately pick him to burn alive as opposed to just this random villager that she's never met. Mm -hmm. So I thought, and then, you know, we're led to believe that now she will be part of this cult and also probably be someone hypothetically to lead people into their own demise as well, looking down on the road. Kind of like in the movie Get Out. She's going to start tracking down people to... NBA players. (laughs) Like, this is is the last thing I really have to say, is that, that, like, what I love about this movie is that there's a a real dichotomy of how we deal with negative emotions. And... And what when Danny is going through this journey, like she's being tormented through the hellscape of her relationship with her sister, and she's calling Christian to help her deal with her her emotions. And every time he gets a phone call, her friends are like, "Ugh, why are you answering this? Leave her alone. She always calls you. She always does this." Oh, she wants to come on this trip with us to Sweden. Why? She's going to be a downer. Don't bring her along. When when the when the families uh when the two people get sacrificed at the end, it's 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 like oh, this is horrible, but it's well like well, in the west, we put our old people in in of uh, homes and we leave them to die by themselves because we don't want to see it firsthand. We don't want to see getting maladed. We don't want to see the death. And in the end of the movie, she's brought into this community who feels the pain that she's feeling when she's devastated. They're there with her crying. Something that's been that she hasn't gotten from her her Western friends back in America. She's finally surrounded by people who are sharing the burden of her grief and also sharing the joy of their delights and. I just thought they I've never seen a movie like it and I that that's why I give this movie a 10. It's it's really that good. I I love that. I love everything about that community and that feeling, but then it also is the question of taking your individuality. Like you can't grieve on your own. You mean like the de- uh, like a dependency or something? Yeah, the dependency of it cuz she had a dependency on Christian and now she has a dependency like she sees you see that moment cuz she's so fucking good. You see that moment of her recognizing like they're doing this with me. They feel this with me and now I can feel this. I can feel this by myself with surrounded by people that finally understand it cuz they're mm. feeling it too and he never did. And but then yeah. it's like is that okay though? Like can you do you want that? So I guess the Max, what are you like? I, I, I one thing I've, I want to say that I've kind of noticed because we kind of talked about like the other movies that came out in 2019, and you were kind of like, yeah, I don't know, it would be in my top five, but I would say something I've noticed is like while we've been talking about this movie, you, you've always been like, man, the cinematography is amazing, man, the transitions are amazing, the casting is so good, the music is incredible. Like, I feel like you like this movie more than you let on. 
No, I really, I really do like this movie. Um, you know, I'm just saying it's not my genre, but I still enjoyed it. So final thoughts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just to answer that specific question though, what I, what I think is, is that for me, it's one of the better movies of this year for sure. And I think it was a very successful movie and I actually was pleasantly surprised by a lot of it. It's uh, no Irishman. It's, it's no, I'm not saying I put Irishman ahead of it at all, but, um, you know, without getting into other movies, there's just some movies that I enjoyed more. And I think also hold like the value that this film had. I think that it just definitely got overlooked by like, there is really amazing like sound design. There was really amazing, like the score, um, cinematography, everything about this had a lot of amazing elements. I think that, you know, there's a few plot holes about the festival itself for me that, you know, there's some parts where, yeah, I think that this was kind of like Wicker Man. Um, so I think there's something I got. How on. dare you? Well, I'm saying there was a lot of similarities to, uh, you know, Wicker Man as well. So there's sometimes with it that it's like, you know, I have. Well, there's, there was two bear suits. There was two, there was two bear suits. Uh, you know, someone gets burned up in the end. Uh, you know, there's. How, a, did, it, how did it get burned, though? <laughs> how did it get burned? How did it get burned? Who would have been great if Nicolas Cage played Christian in this movie? Just a <laughs> he's a he's a college student. <laughs> just I'm just playing over this movie right now. I'm ahead of Nicolas Cage oh. just subbed in for Christian. I want to see the recut of that. Um, I want to like. Him, oh, him, that's a great idea. Him playing like eating People pizza with time. his friends, and he's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> You know, the sister's doing a thing. Um, and then it's so uh, and then it's like when she's not sure if she wants to drop mushrooms or not. He's like, okay, I'll wait, oh. babe. <laughs> Anyways, my thing is, you're right. I like this movie more than I was expecting to like this movie. And I thought it had like some really amazing elements. I, ha- I like some other films better this year, but that doesn't mean that this was a bad film. I think it's definitely... One of the better films that was made this year, for sure. And do you think do you think Midsummer's going to happen this year? Okay, so unfortunately, we do have some really awful news. Uh, due to COVID nineteen, they are canceling uh, this year's Midsummer uh, Festival. Uh, they just they're going to practice social distancing, <laughs> and uh, they they just don't think it's safe to really actually you know they're just going to. Yeah, they're just going to play cool We're going to actually do it via Zoom. Um, so if you guys can all uh, get in a circle and go, hong, hong. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, unfortunately it sucks because Pele was going to bring back some more people, but he is kind of quarantined right now. So it's kind of tough because he's not allowed to leave It's uh, okay. We're going to Postmates for- all of uh, the tea that you could ever want, though. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, uh, oh yeah. Well, I think this was a good podcast. This was a. <laughs> this is, we had some interesting conversations. Interest, interesting uh, debates for sure. Um, let's go around really quick because uh, you know just for tradition of the show. Um, how many um, out, out of five? I mean, I already know that you're gonna say five, but let's say like how many five uh, like mushrooms, or what, yeah. what, what do we want to give this on a scale of mushrooms? How, uh, how many how yeah. many bear suits are you giving this five? I I would give this I would give this eight grams of mushrooms. Oh, I'm not good with measurements. Okay. <laughs> Juli- hires more. Hires more, Juliet. Because Juliet, any any like last final thoughts, and then a rating you'd give this movie. Um, uh, 
My final thoughts on this movie are that I had a serious fear of seeing this movie. There was a lot of built up fear of torture porn in this movie. And it ended up being really pleasantly torture porn free, but still had the essence of a good thriller for me, which is a big deal for someone that doesn't like to see those kind of things. So I would recommend that anyone that thinks about watching a movie, but they're afraid to watch a movie because they're afraid of what they're going to be subjected to, checks out doesthedogdie.com because they really do kind of help you like be okay with the trigger things for you. Everybody has different triggers and this website really kind of takes all of those triggers and makes a list out of them so you know what you can and can't see. And this was one of those movies where I was really anti-seeing until I felt that comfort of having someone that gets me tell me it's okay, you can see this movie. Um, So that's just a side note. But this movie itself is probably like a a five gram what's a good gram a five gram a five grams out of five grams for me because of that love it Um, you're giving it a five out of five five out of five (laughs) i like this movie a lot and i wouldn't have watched this movie if i didn't have that comfort of knowing that i could watch this movie and i think that that's something that a lot of people do need yeah and I, i think i'm going uh yeah, this movie delivered. It's it's uh, I'm I'll five out of five tripping my balls. Um, so <laughs> I think it's very pleasant because I do not like these kinds of movies, but I was very pleasantly surprised that there was a lo- as much depth as there was and details into a movie like this. And it's very unique. Yeah, and it's very unique, and it's a very just fun watch. And I would not suggest my mom watch this movie. But um, I think if, really I would. She's a great movie watcher. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> I think she might draw the line. We'll get mom opinions. It just on turns this out. Later. It turns out my mom's watched this like ten times. Oh, I love it, I especially love it. the Christian scene. Um, oh, so, Christian. Uh, but yeah, um, we can all. Is dis- your mom is your mom passionate about thesis statements? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyways. I, I liked it as well. I'm giving it a five out of five. I think we all agree this was a good watch. And it was fun to discuss it because it's a movie that gives us enough to talk about for sure. I wish we were all together to discuss it. This wasn't all cut and, cut and dry. So Yeah. yeah. Well, I miss you guys. I, I wish we could have done this in person. Yeah, but we will be able to do it soon. Hopefully. Don't say soon. <laughs> Don't, Don't say hopefully. Well, whenever it's say, safe. Never. I want to be able to discuss this with you guys whenever it's safe. Okay. Okay. Anyways, thank you though for joining us, Mark. It was good to hear your voice again, and uh, okay. it was fun talking about uh, Midsummer. Midsummer <laughs> with Midsommar. with with both of y'all, and thank you all for everyone that's listening as well. I hope. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Stay stay tuned for the post stuff. <laughs> Pre stuff and post stuff. Uh, Breakdown for my thesis statement about how films should be broke down. <laughs> Pre pre stuff stuff and post stuff. stuff And then credit stuff. Um so anyways, thank you all for listening. Thank you for jumping on, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Juliet. Thanks, Max. Yeah, you guys have uh stay safe and healthy and we'll uh talk to you soon when we can film you in. Salud. 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 Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. It's floating.
pictures, it's so crazy. So join us, everybody, for the Billing You Win Show. Let's get some lunch.